I I made the mistake of clicking someone's account who followed us and who's been like a really awesome fan. I clicked on their account and it's like, oh, I just got my penis pierced. It's like, <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 Or I showed you the uncircumcised Spider-Man with his butthole spread. That <laughs> did, picture. But like. I've been on the internet for so long. I was going to so say, that's, that's a pretty, that sounds pretty tame, you know. It's, yeah. Like, so what really got to me about it was, one, they made him like look like a body type of Hulk Hogan, which that's not Spider-Man. Yeah. And two, it wasn't made Spider-Man's with the... Yeah, it wasn't drawn with the shit poster's brain, like when you see Pregnant Wario or whatever. This yeah. was like someone who put hours of like time. artful, like artful, yes. and like this is a, a passion project. Yes. Okay. Like yeah. the taint was so beautifully <laughs> sculpted and drawn, and you know, honestly, it is a Mister Show joke, but people do ignore the taint. That part of his body has more personality than his whole face. Well, Gary, we can already see his Bing Bong and his flabby happy baby. I'm not talking about his cock and his ass, you imbecile. I want that. The taint. It's beautiful. <laughs> Show me that taint. Show me that taint. Hey, welcome to Animorphin Time where we're showing taints today. Showing taints. We're getting it. We're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking a, per- a pot. Talk about that again. It's uh, a perennial topic. Oh, uh, hey. motherfucker. So you know how we do things here. (laughs) They can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live. But in the mid to late 90s, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! (laughs) This is for daddy. Uh, Make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. Doesn't want this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And like they're they're like no stop shooting at children. Oh man, being twelve was weird. Oh so welcome, Aunt, welcome, welcome. Let, let's bridge this conversation in, into the wonderful world much, of much animals. Much the way the taint bridges the front genitals to the back genitals. Yeah, the back genitals. <laughs> yeah, the bottom. Like, the, the bussy. The bussy. Yeah, the bussy. <laughs> the bussy is not a genital. It's, I'm trying to be inclusive to all genital types. What don't you get? Front genital, back genital. My genitals don't poop. I don't <laughs> think any genital poops. A cloaca poops. Yeah. Cloaca poop. That's true. A cloaca is I, a genital. That is, that is well. <laughs> don't, oh, did they not well, have okay. taints? Yeah, so the <laughs> Park Majora do not have taints. No. If, if, if you have a cloaca, there's no need for a taint. Oh no! Those Wait, poor taintless beings—they lay eggs, right? Like, was that covered in this book that they lay an egg? Wait, oh, Hork-Bajir? Yeah, like they're not I, mammals; they're not given life. I birth. don't think they lay eggs. I oh think, my! I think that's a I think that's a live birth. They gotta have like the duck corkscrew well, penis kind of thing. <laughs> it's gotta be weird. It's gotta be like well, but I, I think. I don't, I, I have to assume that it's also like every animal that has like a claw or a horn or like a, a ridge or whatever. It's all soft when they're born. You know, they, it hardens as they grow up. Yeah. So as it's all not, things it's not, do. As all things do. So, you know, they're not. They're not I, I, I disagree. <laughs> as I grow up more and more, uh, things get less hard. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Animal Time. <laughs> We got off the rails very fast on this one. Son of a bitch. As you probably heard, joining us today is uh, Drew, the, but that's that's not why you should like them, because their name is Drew. 
You should like them because they performed, composed, and sent us the Animorphin Time Animal Facts theme. Way, way back, I had a hard time. Uh, what, what episode did that show up in? Oh, the John Cullen one. Yeah? Yeah, that was the first one. Because I remember I had a hard time pronouncing their Twitter <laughs> at, which... <laughs> I think I remember, very... that. I remember that specifically because it's just like you sort of like, you know, bit off the last half of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you have to do. Uh, so, composer, artist... Uh, long-time Animorphin Time fan, I believe. You've yeah, been there since it, the beginning, pretty it's, much. It's been pretty much since, you know, I don't know about day one, but uh, er, oh, early at on. episode 11, you were listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're joined by Drew. Drew, welcome to Animorphin Time, where we've already talked about taints, dicks, cloacas, and all of the above. No, we're just getting out of the way. Like, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring it back. We always bring it back. It's all business <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, you just kind of like have to shake it out. Like if you're about to do a show or something, you just like, you know, shake out that energy and then you, you go and do it. You shake out that sexual so energy what, so what you and say, then we just move forward. Would you say the taint is the mullet of the body because mm. it's, or the reverse mullet, I guess. It's party in the front and business in the back. Wait, you can't do business or party with both? Well, I, 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 guess, I, guess, I guess you could. <laughs> that, was, that was an ill-advised. <laughs> Continuing on. It, you know, it, uh, Drew, welcome, please. <laughs> Can you not try to tell our guests to shake out their sexual energy? <laughs> uh, like, it's we need to save it. Coiled. Coiled, Coiled sexual right. energy. Yeah. It's, it's ready to strike. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Drew, please please tell us about yourself. Uh, tell us about your uh, your love of Animorphs, if you have it. Uh, oh, tell us anything I, you want. Tell us whatever. It's I, it's after there. 30 of these, I'm still not good at this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm... Austin, Texas, born and raised, and we have just had a hell of a week, y'all. Oh, we, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had no fucking clue you were in Texas. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I, you know, it's it's all good here, thankfully. Um, I live adjacent to a uh, to a hospital, so power's been on the whole time. <laughs> really dodged a bullet on that. Uh, water's been okay, um, but yeah, it's been. Whew. If you guys, uh, you know, see any donation links or anything. Uh, I encourage everybody to still try to do what you can to, to send some money to folks you know in Texas. Cause yeah, if you if you know of links, DM them to me, and I will, one, donate, and two, retweet them with yeah. my not very many followers. But I'll still do it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you what I can find. But, yeah, it's, um, it's wild. It's, like, literally once in a century, like, once in a generation, terrible winter bullshit. Um, yeah, that's... That we are utterly unprepared for because... <laughs> We live in a state run by Greg Abbott. Yeah, austerity is a motherfucker. Yeah, oh, yeah. and y- you really, you don't notice the the thin layer that separates man from nature until all the power and heat comes off. Yeah, uh, Portland got hit not as bad as Texas, but bad enough that like you know this apartment didn't have electricity for like five or six days. Yeah, and uh, Nate's I, fish died. Yeah, all of my Aww. fish are dead except for one shrimp. Uh, one trip, I guess, just kind of like one very fat full shrimp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great week. Honestly, his poop track was full. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Oh man, he totally donnered party. Like at least say, a half a fish. There was some protein floating in the tank there, but uh. yeah. And, and um, moral of the story is though that um, electricity is important. Um, yeah, and ca- caring for your neighbor is also important. And absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and, and if you want to avoid disaster, vote. <laughs> yeah, definitely vote. Uh, yeah, <laughs> vote. If vote you're away. In line, stay in line. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, 
Texas, who it's a bitch, but you know, growing up here, I uh, discovered Animorphs at a very young age. I think I was probably reading Animorphs like third grade, which is the perfect time to yeah, get I think your brain yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to think of like what year that was, but I don't. I can never. It's formative. That's a formative year. Yeah, I can never remember like how old kids are when they're in certain like years of school, and so when I try to reminisce, you know, I can never think of how old I was. Nine to ten year olds, I think, are third grade. Anyway, the year no, the, it was, <laughs> I was I was in I was in third grade the year before nine eleven, yeah. so it was actually two thousand. Okay, so right. two thousand. Yeah, right. um, my my very first Animorphs book that I owned. Um, was the pink one with Rachel turning into a bat? I don't remember what okay. number that is, but that's that's my first yeah. ever. Yeah, seventeen. The underground is the name of the title. Um, that was I, a messed up book. <laughs> that is a messed up book for sure. Um, my first ever Animorphs, and uh, it was crazy. And like, I still the the midway point on that on that morph on the cover is definitely like, uh, you know a. Um, What's that thing called when you like can't move when you're in bed? Uh, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Rachel looks like a sleep paralysis demon on that cover. Oh, a hundred percent. Like she is Ooh. demon spawn. And <laughs> as a kid, does it was ha- like, does that happen to you a lot? Do you do you get? Sleep oh, paralysis? I, it's never happened to me, but I'm familiar with the okay. concept. And it's like, I, it, it, it seems like if I would yeah. if I would ever have sleep paralysis, then I think I would probably see Rachel from that book cover. <laughs> I'm terrified of the idea of sleep paralysis. I've never gotten it, but yeah. Uh, I, I think I maybe like once when I was a kid, I seemed to have like remember not being able to move in bed. But it's 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 one of those weird concepts where like you can't really it's, it's just having no control, about, having no yeah. control. And it's terrifying to think about it. And like it's I, I've had it. Yeah. How was it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah. Give me a trip report on sleep paralysis. <laughs> well, I give it seven out of 50 anamorphin time sleep paralysis. Uh, no. Whenever I take melatonin. I've oh, noticed sure. I can't move my body, but my brain stays awake. Mm. So I just lay there and think I'm dying for four to nine hours. Damn. And it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, and that's... it took probably 12 times to figure out it was the melatonin. melatonin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actually, this is a great segue into our lagers. Uh, so uh, we are now drinking a um, Mac and Jack's African Amber. Oh, boy. Ooh. And the story behind this is when I was living in Taiwan, because I was living in Taiwan for a period of my life. Ooh, um, big boy. I went to this English-speaking pub because I didn't know Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I want to hang around other people who speak English because, you know, they get... You want to socialize. Yeah. Um, so I kept on going to this pub, and I, they, they always had this beer on tap, and a couple, like, they're all Mac and Jacks. And so I asked the the bartender, like, well, okay, so why is this entire uh, pub, like, sponsored by Mac and Jacks, and it's just Mac and Jacks everything? It's like, well, it's a South African brewery, and it's like, okay, cool. And then I started asking some of the other patrons about, you know, just the place, and they're like, yeah, th- it was actually started by a guy who was fleeing apartheid. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Wait, as in, so, as in, like... As in, like a fucking Afrikaner who was like fleeing retribution oh, for the yes, shit yeah. that he did. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. The bartender was the only guy who's like fleeing. <laughs> Left with a fistful of rubies covered in blood. Yeah. It's like, okay. oh yeah, he's of the right age. He moved here at a certain time. Like, yeah, okay. it was all so come was, together. He was fleeing the justice post-apartheid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why he's living in Taiwan. That's why he's living in Taiwan? You know, creating uh, apparently iconic loggers. Yeah, well, I don't want to drink this anymore, but <laughs> it's good food. If I don't drink it, my hands will start to shake and I'll die. Let's see. Let's, here we go. Excellent. 
oh, it tastes like the blood of the innocent. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I enjoyed it. Like it's... That's definitely an amber. Yeah, I like ambers. Ooh. For myself so, tonight, I have a bottle of bullshit Cabernet Sauvignon that came in a subscription box called Folk yeah. and Fable. Private Reserve, crafted in California. Mm. I, I guarantee you that none of those words are true. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe California. <laughs> the, the perfect portion of our Folk and Fable Cabernet Sauvignon is aged three months in bourbon barrels, resulting in bold notes of blackberry jam, vanilla smoke, and warm brown baking spices. It's no I... fable, folks. Bourbon barrels and California wine were always meant to be. Can you just read the book to me? That was lovely, <laughs> hearing that description of wine. <laughs> oh, California wine. <laughs> have, have you seen the drunk Orson Welles uh, wine commercials? Oh, yeah. French champagne. <laughs> 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. Doesn't he also uh, do one whole... of those, like, while he's, like, doing frozen vegetables or some shit? <laughs> oh, no, that's yeah. a critic joke. Yeah, that's <laughs> <from> a <the> critic. Like... <laughs> Rosebud frozen peas. God damn. I... I, that's what I want to be. I want to be drunk Orson Welles. Yeah. Well, I thought that's what this was. This, yeah, this podcast. Just, you get drunk and... Just... <laughs> Yell Animorph facts. Oh, God. <laughs> You're sweet, right. Sweet. Yeah. Ah, oh, delicious apartheid. And, and in many in many ways, the hork Chronicles is sort of the Citizen Kane of the uh, of the series. Nate, See, he gets the same way. He's better at this than us. <laughs> Drew's I was way trying. better at this. Fuck. 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 I don't know how to. All right, you both take it over. Uh, well, gonna... let's talk about this cover. We have to talk about no, the cover. We'll introduce oh, wait, which, yeah, which, which cover do y'all have? I'm curious. Um, I've got the one with so, uh, Dak and Aldrea's faces on it. The hork Chronicles, in case you did not read the title. Oh, of yes. Let's yeah. talk about, uh, let's set up the book first. Okay. <laughs> it is the hork Chronicles. By K.A. Applegate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I have the, uh, the, the Kindle version and it's not cool. It's Let's not see. shiny. Yeah. I also, there. I also have the Kindle version. I've got a, I've got that same paperback with the watch Animorphs on TV, yeah. uh, sticker somewhere in what? one of my boxes, but which is probably the worst advice you could give someone who likes Animorphs. Yeah. Do not watch Animorphs on TV ever. Like a lot. Some people said, Oh, when you finish the books, you should do the shows. We're not going to do that. No. Mm, that show sucks. Yeah. You not. may not. I think, I think we should. <laughs> Can you please let this end? <laughs> we have so much Animorphs content, you don't even know. We haven't even, oh, we haven't even done the board game. We haven't done the board game. We haven't done the video games. The, the video there, game. Oh, so there's the, three. The video three game video that's games. on the Game Boy is the yep. best. That's the best. Yeah, there's one. the that's the RPG, right? That's the RPG. It's kind of like Pokemon, but not. Yeah. Yeah. There's the PlayStation game, which is like a weird, like side-scrolling platformer thing, and there's a PC there's game, a PC which game apparently is atrocious, really bad. <laughs> Um, I had the I so from a Scholastic Book Fair as a kid, <laughs> I had the CD-ROM demo of the Animorphs PC. Hell game. yeah! Oh, oh man, I love. <laughs> I got so much joy off of random CD demo games. Yes. You have no clue, yes. like that the the Pizza Hut box that just had like amazing games or like you know the first level of Tony Hawk on it. Yeah, it great, true. Pizza Hut um, also so- did comedy DVDs one summer. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> comedy DVDs. I got. <laughs> I got get some stand. No, I got both Bill and Ted movies for free from Pizza Hut. 
Oh, oh yeah. Thank God it's Bill and Ted movie. I was thinking like, oh, I got three fourths of the redneck comedy tour. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't stand up. It was like comedy films. It was oh, like okay. it was like classic better. comedy films. And so yeah, um, I love I love free free physical media. With, uh, yeah, you know, oh, same. <laughs> like, I played that Tony Hawk demo more than most video games for yeah. PlayStation 1. No, yeah. it's yeah. The, the inside cover of this book, though, is a real winner, though. Oh, yeah, I don't they're know like... You, yeah, they're just, like, looking at the sunset, oh, wait, like, is that, oh, it's is romantic, that, uh, but yeah, you the don't insert. know Yeah, show the insert yeah. page. I, I mean, people are not going to see this video, are they? So No. No, this doesn't So go. we, uh, if you have read the hork Chronicles, you have surely seen this image, because it's uh, iconic in the Animorphs fandom. Dakemi is gracefully extending his arm over the valley. We see a, a millennial tree rising up in the background. Other hork are crawling insect-like up the bark. Aldrea is hesitant, somewhat apprehensive, but she looks forward with curiosity as she peers into Dakemi's world. We got to let Drew do this. He's... It's so much better. No, I was thinking the first. Did we talk about this on the podcast? Uh, maybe the first ghost written book. We let two other hosts do that episode. Yeah, but do we know which book that is though? Yeah, yeah, it's I coming think, up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they start. They start getting fully ghost written in the uh, the late double yeah, digits. But the twenties, yeah. The late twenties, yeah. We should we should find somebody who's like about to die so we a ghost podcast. Oh please! Oh, please. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> How close are you to death? Because we need. To- <laughs> Let's get Kathy Apples and Michael Grant to do it. <laughs> that would be funny. Be um, funny so yeah, uh, no, I actually, yeah, I really like this insight cover. Um, it's beautiful. It looks like a Harlequin novel cover. A oh, little I didn't bit. Even realize yeah, it. Looking yeah. at it, it's got kind you know? of that like that that soft color palette to it, and it's like that sunset. You know, I, I and ever, they're both like ripped. Yeah. <laughs> they're, both, they're, both, they're both ripped. They're both jacked. Somehow, Aldrea is having... still lathe and feminine. Yeah, she's got she's got the perfect fur day. You know, her purple is glistening. You know, <laughs> it's it's silky smooth. Great. Like when I look at this picture, I kind of get all the people who want to fuck Andalites, and they're <laughs> look. I mean, Drew, look at this. No, yeah, it's she. She has got those. He's that right deep... behind her. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a this. This is some like you know burly chested man at sea yeah. type pose. Like. <laughs> No, I mean, I, like you've, you've seen no, it hard. Of course, you know what he's a lumberjack, like. though. This would clearly be like a like a Yukon romance novel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, what's the, what's the the um the I was about to say toilet paper guy, but like, no. <laughs> Brawny, yeah, Brawny. The Brawny guy. Yeah. You can use Brawny on your butt. There's no law that says you can't do it. <laughs> you know, if anything, the Brawny guy does use Brawny on his butt. <laughs> yeah. You can wipe your ass with anything. He needs that extra grit to really get into that Brawny ass. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> For okay. Michael and Jake. Prologue. <laughs> I'm going to take a back seat to this one. That's what I think. I'm going to drink more apartheid beer. My name is Tobias. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Like, I, I like the prologue, but you know, it's there just to kind of get you into the real story. The, the, I, the prologue is what makes this in chronology with the, the other chapter books. But this could really be a standalone in, in all yeah. senses. This storytelling sequence is more um, Return of the Jedi. This is a yub nub. It's really apples did a yub nub, y'all. She did a full yub nub <laughs> because, like, you know, like, uh, what is it? Tobias is sitting there listening to uh, Jerahami like tell the story of his of the father, father, <laughs> the father, father. 
Or it, right. was, it was before his father father, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, before the father father. So the father father father. <laughs> right. So and 1966 was the time of the father father father. Exactly. Before the father father. Yeah, but not the great ones, though. This is the father father. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But, like, you know, the, the way that Tobias describes, like, listening to the story is like, oh, he was painting a picture in my mind. I'm like, this is just C-3PO doing, like, the... Oh, true. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, <laughs> apparently, like, Jerahami's, like, storytelling method translates into just, like... Into, like, a, a beautiful, flowing, like, mental <laughs> image. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we know what he sounds like. We know how he talks. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's caveman talk. It's caveman Jarahami talk. Jerahami free. <laughs> Jerahami free. Jerahami father, father. See My father, father was a sea uh, different. <laughs> Not like, like other Hulkbidger. <laughs> Not like Jerahami, like Tobias, seeing far, much, knowing much. Yeah. <laughs> father, father, learn story of Andalite. Learn story of Yurk. Damn, this story, this story's tight. <laughs> and Tobias is just like, oh. Well, what's great also is that they, they touch on this later because uh, in the uh, in the Great Trees, like they're, yeah. they have the classes on how to tell a story right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you, you caught that like reading this again, but like when... Later on in the book, they they see like the Horkbajer classroom, and they're just like, yeah. "Here's how you tell a story." Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. No, yeah, it's uh, it's really, and and we will come to why it is mm-hmm. fucked up that that's cool when we yeah. reach the <laughs> oh, Arn. True. When we reach the Arn, oh that's, boy, that's, the that's Arn. foreshadowing right there. This is gonna be uh, a while, but the Democrats of the galaxy, <laughs> the Arn. <laughs> so, like, there's some political party. I don't know what exactly. They're the Democrats. <laughs> we'll, we'll get I'll there. Wait, let's let's, we'll let's get, get there. there. I got there. angry reading this. Let's pop out of this prologue. We're being taught. All right. Chapter chap- one. Aldrea. Early warm. Work with your date. It's early Work warm. Date is early warm. <laughs> Earth date. 1966, baby. I like, um, but yeah. I like the Yerk so, dates that they are just, they're generational dates. Generation 685 mid-cycle. So like the generation's pregnant right now and just like. When they give birth, it's going to be the new cycle. They are grim pragmatists. I'll give them that. Yeah, Yurks use the rhythm method for contraception. <laughs> <laughs> the mid-cycle is fine. Mid-cycle. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so we start out with this chapter with Aldrea. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a go get him. Uh, uh, um, she's, she's a girl boss. Let's be honest yeah. here. She's yeah. a girl boss. Yeah. She's, she's a young girl in STEM. Okay. She's a girl boss. <laughs> exactly. A girl boss who is uh, has some daddy issues. Well, no, nope, I'm not going to generalize it. I would say that it's like sort of reverse Sorry. daddy issues. Like C- Prince Father Ciro, issues. Prince, <laughs> Prince Ciro has daughter issues. Okay. Yes. Okay. He is emotionally closed off. He's yes. a piece of shit. Loves his Yerk friends more than his family. Yeah. Uh, family issues then, let's say. Because it's she, not like. She basically understands that Prince Ciro is a father for whom she should have only the barest filial piety. You know. Yeah, it, she she knows that her father's worthless, and so she sort of she sort of plays along. You know. Yeah, she doesn't because, want his approval at all. So it's, no, I, in that and in that sense, I would it. say in that sense, I would say it's not a daddy issues thing. Well, she's rejecting everything that that uh, her father is, right? Like sure, her father's sure. this like kind of her like, father's an idiot, p- peace loving scientist, and she's just like, idiot, all right, sure. war loving, muscular uh, beat him up. That's like Ciro's biggest. Like flaw is that he was naive and kind. Yeah, trusting. He's trusting. trusting. Yeah. He, well, trusting. I mean, what else is trust than being naive and kind? Yeah. 
Well, Everyone Ciro, will hurt you. Even it, me. I will hurt you. Is Ciro a Cassie, would you say? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ciro's a, a little bit of a Cassie. Um, but also I think that... I think that Cassie... Ciro never learns... Ciro's never put in a position where he has to learn to reject his better nature. And I think Cassie does do that eventually. Yeah, Cass- Cassie sure. learns how to reject the calling of her heart to do what needs to be done. But Ciro yeah, never lo- learns looking that. Looking forward to, to the book where Cassie destroys her soul. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Uh, did we? No. no yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's quite. more. I'm sure there's more. But uh, basically, Actually, we Cassie... Learned- I'm glad you mentioned Cassie because Cassie and Aldrea do have a very important uh, development a few books down the line. Mm. 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 That's all I'll say. But. Is it the start of Megamorphs 3? Cassie gets amnesia. I that one for Nate. <laughs> Cassie gets amnesia after hitting a tree real hard. <laughs> He's a crazy lady in the woods. Let's just say in one of these books they explore why Cassie specifically should not time travel. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was not thinking of the Megamorphs. I was thinking of book 34. Okay, yep. Got it. (laughs) Anyways. uh, So what we learn is that Ciro gave the Yurks the ability to make portable Candronas because they played him like a fiddle. Yep. Yep. The Yurks were ruthless, vile monsters who loved having a host. So they took the Andalite ships, they butchered an Andalite outpost, Fucking Starship Trooper style. Yep. And they pieced out. They boned out with some Geds. They killed a bunch of Andalites, and they are able to survive away from their home world. And, and all the while, Ciro's like, those are my friends. No, they're good. Don't worry. <laughs> They'll come back. <laughs> They'll say they're sorry. And I just want to give credit for how much heavy lifting this chapter does because, or how much heavy lifting page one does. Yeah. Because we are also introduced to another key player, Prince Alaron Simitur Koras. Ooh, the best. Yeah, I remember the Prince Alloran. Go zero. Prince, Prince Alloran, as, uh, as you may may remember. Actually, at this point in the books, do we know that Alloran is? Yes. Okay. Because Andalite Chronicles happened way before this. Okay, yeah. So Prince Alloran, as our savvy readers will know, is Visser Three. Yep. Yeah, and also like he uh, almost got uh, killed in that one uh, axe book. Yeah. So he was, well, he was he, begging for death. He was, he was released. Oh, He's like, okay. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Just kill yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> we have the bit of dramatic irony where if you've been reading till this point, you know that Alaran is a piece of shit who will be around and will yep. will cause problems for our young heroes. But and honestly, he's one of my favorite pieces of shit in this whole series. No, yeah, Alaran is a is a very very interesting character, and he's here on page one, so you know it's going to be a doozy. And <laughs> Alaran is. Uh, not the child of Prince Ciro. And so he has no problem saying, hey, you dumb piece of shit. Yeah. Guess what just happened? My men got butchered by these space slugs. And huh, newsflash, it's all your fault. Yep, you are you are relieved of squad command. <laughs> Rico, you're relieved of squad command. Yep, and he, he pulls a, you know, what is that, like a 21st Amendment on him. What's the What's the constitutional bullshit? That people that the Democrats were trying to do to like make oh, Trump a crazy one, yeah, the, the crazy the crazy uh, amendment. Yeah, he pulls a crazy <laughs> amendment on uh, Prince Ciro, and he says, and it works, and it works. Democracy <laughs> works. <laughs> Democracy works. He voted for it. You know, he brought the motion to the floor, and uh, I mean, says, he's still a prince, though, 
right? That, he's, he's, Zero has not lost his princehood. I don't know no, if that's No, he just thing gets treated like shit forever. Yeah, he gets sent like to Antarctica. And they, uh, <laughs> they, they send him to Antarctica, you know. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to look at the ice. Or... They send him to, uh, to, the, the equivalent to Space Yellowstone. Space Yellowstone. Yeah. Then we kind of jump ahead to Aldrea. And Aldrea, she describes herself pretty well. She says, I'm the daughter of Prince Zero. My friends tease me sometimes. They call me Zero's unkindness. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. shit. Shit. You see, I'm not like most females. <laughs> I'm not content to stay within the sciences and the arts, the traditional female occupations. I don't want to be a zero space theorist or a grass shaped designer or a cloud artist. I want to be a warrior. Yo, I want it, to fight the Yurks. Is Aldrea incel? Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's, it's it's my broken brain at this point. Every time I see somebody say the word female, I'm just like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. Ah, it's a female. I I think that's the I think that's the. Uh... You know the Spock-like nature of the Andalites. That yeah, they, they I use know. very clinical terms. You know, the the Andalites are the freaking what is what is Spock? What are they called in Star Vulcan. Trek? Vulcans. Vulcans. Yeah. yeah, the Andalites are are fucking centaur Vulcans. Ooh, I'm gonna have that seven year fuck time. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have no idea. For Star Trek. What's it called? Where they fuck every seven years? I, I didn't. How do you know more about Star Trek than I do? I, I don't watch know. Star Trek. I'm not. I'm not super up on the on the Vulcan shit because I'm I'm a TNG fan more than an original. I'm gonna series get fan. that dick pawn far up my ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry. Here's, here's the thing though about the TNG, the original series, for those in the know, um, is that uh, they went to a planet that was Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it's just an Alice in Wonderland <laughs> planet. You know, you have to see this place to believe it. It's like something out of Battles in Wonderland. Oh, my paws and whiskers. I'll be late. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the original series fucking rules, and you guys need to give us some more credit. Like, <laughs> oh, we went to the Hitler planet today. <laughs> okay, I do I do actually like where they go to the ancient Greece planet, and they go to the yep. mythology planet. It's, it's a good planet. <laughs> they just go to, like, and various see, different alternate Earth planets. Like, Kirk, Kirk and Atoga is pretty sweet. I won't, I won't. I won't say that Kirk and Atoga is not sweet. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so they get sent to Yellowstone. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, they get sent to this unknown uh, out, you know, outpost planet called. The planet was merely called Sector 5 RG 215784. RG meant red giant. That was the type of sun at the center of this system. The dash four meant this was the fourth planet from that sun. I thought there was a sentient species on this planet, I said as we stepped gingerly out onto the untasted grass. I didn't see any sign of them as we were coming down. Is there a sentient species on this planet? Stick around and find out. We may never know. Chapter three. Dak is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and here's the thing. I think that... Um, I like the switch in the changes in perspective here. I Normally, too. I don't in uh, in Animorph books. Like the, both the Megamorphs, like yeah, it, the biggest, it's never used to great effect. Yeah, the biggest betrayal we've had in any book was in the Cassie Butterfly book when it switched to Jake. Because you're like, oh man, I was enjoying this. Yeah, but, like, yeah now but, I got to read what Jake. <laughs> now I got to think. That, that, that one was, had Jake internal blood. monologue going on here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Miss Girlfriend, play basketball. <laughs> Oh, that heavy was, is that was the a good head that wears the self-assigned crown. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's just got go. a big stupid head. <laughs> head heavy. <laughs> oh, are you feeling guilty, Jake? No, my head's too big. 
Yeah, you know what I never thought about? Jake has a giant head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a big sports head. It's fine. Fucking I got a big melon, too. Sports-ass head. Yep. <laughs> yep. I agree with that. Um, but good work. Yeah, but that, that, that was used to good effect, and like this is used to good effect because yeah. like I think if we stuck the entire book in say Andrea's head, like we would just grow to hate Andrea. Can Aldrea. Drew? Can you can you hear the Animorphs fans cringing every time Nate says Andrea? <laughs> By the way, in my notes, I got tired of saying Aldrea. <laughs> oh, Aldrea. Ooh, no, Andrea. That's Nate, her name. Nate, Andrea. tell Drew. Tell Drew what you thought of Esplin throughout most of the book. Wait, I'm I didn't actually. Know th- I'm actually curious. I didn't know that Esplin was a Visser 3. Oh. <laughs> and B, I, I, all my notes about Esplin were, I love this sassy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's that's cool, yeah. though. That's, yeah, it yeah. is. I, I'm really glad that that was your takeaway because it's not specifically stated. Like, do we do we hear in Andalite Chronicles that he calls himself Esplin? They mention it once, I think, but it's okay. not. It's yeah, a th- it's they, a throwaway detail. Like yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one of those. Deep I got, lore I got things. fooled, and it was great. No, that's <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm so glad to hear that. Yep, works on adults. It's true. <laughs> Very dumb adults. His powerful adult brain couldn't get that one. <laughs> nope. So Tyler, yep. Your mom calls you Tyler, not Correct. not your your given name, which uh-huh. is James. Just give my full fucking name, <laughs> okay? James and, Tyler McCarty. <laughs> my and, birthday uh, is December tenth, nineteen eighty five. My my what's your blood type? My social uh, O positive. Ooh. Oh, uh, social security number. Uh, fu- no. <laughs> okay, so, so your mom says to you, Tyler McCarty, you are strange. <laughs> that happened a lot. Are you kidding me? And everyone is just kind of like around you. He's like. Then he she, is strange. Then she takes yes. you to all yes, the oldest members of your family, and they all say, "Yeah, this kid's strange." That's kind of how it felt when a member of my family gave me the complete works of Shakespeare as a twelve-year-old, <laughs> and a lot of swords. You got a lot of swords. They did give kid. me a lot of swords. Wow. They're like, "This kid is gonna love theater and get in the rear." <laughs> hey, buddy, better not to defend himself. <laughs> yes, he is strange. Elder Pro- Ponto Fala said. <laughs> um, he is a seer, Mob Cahet said. I love all these names. These names are good. Tila yeah. Fash Hat. Oh, I love Tila Fash Hat. <laughs> let's read. Let's read Tila Fash Hat as Tila Tequila. <laughs> you remember Tila Tequila, uh, the no, old, the really. old one. The old. I love yeah, Tila the old tequila. one. Tila Tequila. <laughs> I love Tila Tequila. <laughs> uh, honestly, she was old in her twenties. Yeah. <laughs> she aged fast. Tila I mean, Tequila. Did she ever figure out whether ghosts were real? <laughs> she figured out that Fago was real, which she got pelted with it at oh. Juggalo Fest or whatever. Whoop, fucking whoop. Okay. <laughs> My son is different, my mother said heavily. Yes, yes. the old one said, <laughs> he is different. I am Dak Hemi. I am different. Yeah, of course you're going to think that if everyone's saying you're different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like so in a big chorus there's a little you. There's a little nature versus nurture going on here, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, like, would Dak be as smart as he is if everyone around him wasn't saying, you're fucking weird, Dak Hemi. <laughs> yeah, and that's the... Just- just eat your own shit like the rest of us. Who cares how sick we get? <laughs> hey, guys, I think that maybe we uh, should not eat shit. Whoa, this guy is strange. Whoa. <laughs> but, yeah, really, really, Dak Hammy. Dak Hammy is a cool character, but he's written in a way as well that's just, like, very much the the young teen atheist, you know? Yeah. I, I was asking questions that none of my friends were asking. What really is in Within the Deep? How yeah, high is the that. sky? Right. Sometimes I would take a small piece of burned wood. I love that he's 
he independently invented drawing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, they had no clue. They had no clue and they didn't get it. They didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. It, this is you, Jagil. This is not me. I am me, idiot. Honestly, I kind of love that though. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like it's just like like the first one to draw a picture and say like, "Hey, I drew you. Look, this is like your hairstyle and your face shape." What the fuck are you Dude, I'm right about? here. <laughs> what are you doing? No, like, yeah. no, that's not me. The, the hork, me here. The hork bajira, the ultimate anti-solipsists, and I appreciate I, that. I happen to love how sweetly stupid they are. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the strengths of this book, I think, in general, mm-hmm. is that Dak Hemi starts out with prose where he sounds kind of stupid, but as he gets older as he gets smarter and older, and gets yeah. smarter, like his vocabulary, even the writing style changes with his powerful exactly. forming brain. Yeah, he gets flowered for Algernon, but like with that, he gets also super depressed. He gets super <laughs> solemn and just like Cynical. here he's loving art and yep. you know he's it's like I drew Jagel. Yeah, <laughs> he drew his friend. He drew his friend. And that's we have to we really have to focus on this is a place of innocence that it starts from. And that yep. that ties in and that's also the strength of the of the dual narrators I think that you were mentioning earlier. So the, Yeah, for sure. They talk about uh, harvesting the branches of an old sif tree when Dak Hemi sees these weird blue freaks yep. jumping all over his house. His house being the planet. They have they have a tail like us, but they have four legs. Oh. What? What? <laughs> they come out of a sky egg. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Honestly, they're taking this pretty well for the first time they've seen an alien. Well, yeah, they're too stupid. They're not too to stupid not to just be like, okay, that's a thing now. Yeah, like yeah. it's the ultimate. No, that's true. <laughs> and then the, the next chapter is them going into like how little Dakami knows. Yeah. Like, because he doesn't know about space, right? He doesn't know that like above the sky, there's just like, there's nothing other shit up there. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, it reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch of like talking about a wizard. Right? It's like, what is the sky? <laughs> they put a sheet over the planet at night, and the little lights you see are the God's candles. The scientist gets help from the wizard. Some think that the Earth is surrounded by dark cloth with pinholes in it through which the light of heaven shines. Others argue that nighttime is when the sun sleeps behind the Earth's back and that the stars are the sun's children. Science will never know the truth. Well, yeah, what do they call them here? Uh, sky flowers? The sky flowers, yeah. The, yeah. the flowers of, of Mother Sky. Do you see the stars at night? She asked me. When Mother Sky is dark, she shows us her flowers. Well, each of these flowers is a star, like your own sun, only very far away. Jagel said, no. But I said, sun is sun. Mother's sky flowers are flowers. Ah, they may look like bright flowers, but uh, they are suns. Hundreds of suns. I mean, there are many more stars than there are trees. They look small because they're just far away. I heard these words, and these words made me think very hard. But then... Yes! I said suddenly, amazed. Yes! Things that are far away look small. This is true. <laughs> far, far is far, Jaggel said, looking alarmed, and it, it blows their yeah. mind. Just yeah. blows yeah. their minds. Jaggle's losing his shit. You know what that reminds me of is like that whole idea that um, nobody could see the color blue until it was defined for them. Like that that whole idea of like you know you, you nobody saw the color blue until it like it was. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I love this idea. It's like, oh, they didn't know it was far away until it was pointed out to them. 
Oh, so is this blue like nobody understood blue till you named it? Kind of same thing as like the bigger Luke theory. <laughs> no, but uh, you know nobody point. You wouldn't know that there was a bigger Luke until somebody pointed it out. To Drew, you. do you know about bigger Luke? Bigger Luke? Yeah, I love bigger Luke. I I don't think so. <laughs> There's a the theory Luke. that there's a slightly bigger Luke in Star Wars. <laughs> It has a it, like go to Wikipedia and look up the bigger Luke theory, and it has like it's like five pages of just like how like there might be a bigger Luke out there that is different than a the actual Luke. Taller Luke. Wait, it's like it's like the exact same person, just slightly bigger. Yeah, just yeah. bigger. He's just bigger. He's larger Luke. Wait. He's larger Luke. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I I'm sorry about your brain, Drew. We did. I didn't know Big, what kind of poison. Bigger Luke. Did. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll have to look into this independently. Um, so, but, yeah, so uh, pretty much like uh, Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. Andrea. Yeah. Andrea. <laughs> She's Andrea now. It's uh, it's not an option. Okay, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. You can push back on this bullshit Nate says. Yeah. <laughs> he won't change, but you can push back. However, I will never, ever mar this name, Esplin9466. Yeah, your favorite bitchy queen. Oh wait, you you say six six? Yeah, I I say Esplin nine four double six. That's how they say it in the book. Yeah, it's true. Oh. It, well, I mean, like you know, it's like my full name is Nathaniel, but like I go by Nate. Ooh, you're Nathaniel. I say Esplin nine four six six full name. Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> you're giving respect. That's every right. Every number. Esplin Esplin is deserving respect, right? And uh, yeah, no, this is uh, early childhood years of what we now know as this or three. And I think we learned some pretty important stuff about the ideology and background of this or three in this, and that we learned that he does not come from the Yurk homeworld. He was born in a basically a steel pool. Yeah. He has no Yurk culture. He does not identify with Yurk culture. He doesn't understand their traditions. He has nothing but contempt for them it seems and all he wants is a host so would you say that he's born in a pool raised in a cave (laughs) i would say that trucking and fucking is all he craves yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i yeah yeah I think it's really interesting and a strong choice to make the villain someone so devoid of any familial or any larger cultural ties at all. Because mm-hmm. what is this person or this Yerk striving for if he doesn't have family or ties to family, hates his brother, Jeffrey Epstein? He has no tie to Yerk culture on the home world. Mm-hmm. He's a middle manager. He wants to move up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, he, and he gets that. that taste of power like super young. Mm. It, yeah. it sounds like right, where he gets that that first taste of ged energy. Yeah, you get your first taste of ged. You're gonna need to get some more ged right away. Yeah, which and, and he, he sees you, his path. You either to, get it or you don't. Yeah, he had someone the right gets this podcast. It's not you, <laughs> Nate. Drew gets this podcast. Listen, I'm I'm just here to 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 love uh, love Esplin. Uh, yeah, and in so doing. We find that Esplin dedicates himself to learning every goddamn thing they can about Andalites. Andalites. Yeah, Esplin is the type of kid who, once they find something that they're fascinated by, like start adapting like a personality super okay, like I'm- too young. Like too young. Like a like a, a five year old Republican. Like when I figured out Carmen Electra's boobs. 
Well, that's different. <laughs> the the real the real comparison here, Esplin is a fucking weeb. Yeah. Yep. Fucking okay. Weeb. Yep. yep. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I yeah. I said that earlier before did, we were yeah. recording <laughs> that. Like, yeah. You what? Know, like, yeah. He seems like a, a kid who's just way into anime and is just like, uh, you guys don't get it. Japan has a more civilized culture. Analysts have yeah. a better culture than us. They they <laughs> he, they get he literally things better. he literally is going to his elders and saying. You guys don't understand Bushido, and that's why we yeah. suck. Okay? I've studied the blockchain. I know the blade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need um, an Andalite waifu. <laughs> and yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting way to to set the groundwork for for Esplin, because like like you he's said, a he, has, nerd. he has he's a nerd. He has no ties to anything historical, and so this he, is our incel. This is the incel. Aldrea is is on the cusp, but Esplin is. Hundred percent basement dwelling incel weeb, and he has he has no inhibitions. He has no imagination to keep him uh, restrained. I guess you could say. And um, you could make you could make the case that Esplin and Aldrea are the two types of imperialism that come to affect Dak and the Horkbiter culture. There's the fascistic evil one in Esplin, and then Aldrea represents sort of the nicer imperialism like oh we're going to conquer this area to give them mcdonald's and jamba juice yeah. like there's those two the types european of model yeah and it's at least that was that was a through line that i drew out of these books was that Nothing oh the exactly. yurks are fascist andalites are just democratically elected fascists <laughs> it's all it's the same shit just you know with rainbow flags yeah it's the um you know the we the we know better so please just let us help you yeah <laughs> Uh, the blue yeah. savior book that's what this the is blue savior yeah or purple in in andrea's case but yeah oh oh we got an andrea convert that's that's the only one i'm gonna say that was purely for nate's benefit i i just wouldn't recognize it otherwise like we didn't say andrea look aldrea who's that yeah. i don't know who that every is. time we say aldrea he just looks at me confused like there's nothing inside <laughs> so yeah we get a nice little taste of esplin yeah, and so and then like, we, yeah. I just want power. I'm gonna study the blockchain. He's fascinated. He, he's he's mm. turning obsessive in into a, a person who loves Andalite culture. Uh, and then we cut to an actual Andalite, Andrea, mm-hmm. and she's giving her report to her family about the culture on the planet because it's been established that Aldrea is better at forming a rapport with Dak. Yeah, like uh, what's the brother's name? I forget. Uh, Barafin. Barafin, like Barafin's just not interested. He's like in the scoop playing video games all day. Yeah, Bar- you know? Barafin is very just resigned to being yeah. uh, the son of a loser. Yep. He's Barafinished with his duties yep. in life. Correct. Yeah, and he's not a scientist and he knows it. So he's just like he's in the basement playing Call of Duty all day. Yeah, he, yep. has, he has no chance for glory. He has no chance for purpose in the Andalite culture because as, as Aldrea established earlier, culture for males is being warrior. And mm-hmm. so how is he going to be a warrior, you know, hanging out with his dumbass, like, scientist mother and sister and his loser father? So, Yeah, the mother is kind of interesting. Like, the mother loves, the mother's she loves cool. it. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's deep into this. Like, yeah. But like, she's cool, but she's also, like, you know, not paying attention to anybody else right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so she, she makes friendship. Uh, she makes a kind of friendship with, with uh, Dak. It's not on equal ground. She still knows that she is smarter and has more kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. And Ex- experience and just leverage, and she's over not, this guy. and she's not uh, subtle about that. No, she, she and- does not suppress her uh, her opinions and her attitudes towards him. 
she also is coupling this new blossoming friendship with the knowledge that the Yurks are wreaking havoc on the galaxy out mm-hmm. there, kicking ass. They've killed off the Hajabrins. They've taken some more not ships. the Hajabrins. I, I know, and they're not good. <laughs> They've got some Skritna. They've Skritna. taken some ships. I love the Skritna. They're, they're Thank- the thankfully, yeah. thankfully, the Ongachik will be okay. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I was they, worried there they for are a second. D- they are the, decentralized the people. They would survive, you know. <laughs> um, but ultimately, like she, she's already starting to use Dak here, right? Mm-hmm. Because she, she's hiding information from him specifically. It's like I know that we're really here to look out for Yerks, sure. right? But I'm not going to tell you this because I think is it because that she thinks he's too stupid to really understand like a threat. I, I think that not not so much a threat, but I think that they do make a point of later on explaining the idea of like a parasite and like the uh, like the mind control power that the Yurks have. And that's it's a difficult concept for him at the point when it's introduced later on. So I do think that she. she probably so it might doesn't... almost be valid, it sounds like. Like, would you would you tell Dak, hey, um, so you just found out that they're aliens and that's cool, but. Um, there's also bad aliens who definitely want to take you over your brains. So watch out for them. Like, is that yeah. a good move? I think I it's, mean, I think it's literally just like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like the idea, the idea behind coming with this planet was that it was so out of the way. Space Yellowstone is so secluded that like knowing or not knowing about it doesn't make a difference. And Dak is the only Horkbidgeer who could even begin to understand. So like, why even bring it up? Yeah, you're dooming the one sentient smart being to existential dread forever. <laughs> but then, like, to flip it around from perspective, like, if you're Dak, you want to know that. Yeah. Yeah, right? Dak, you Dak would, wants yeah. to know. Yeah. It's it's shitty to keep the secret, and it's shitty to spill the secret. Mm-hmm. It's called being an adult, Nate. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I would spill the secret, and then if I was Dak, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You made a shittier book. <laughs> Jack, I must tell you, there's an evil parasite slug that's going to crawl into your brain and take over. Have you met the, the ski-doo flying squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's the name of the, the flying Chadu. squirrel? Ch- the Chadu. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ski-doo. <laughs> ski-doo. <laughs> Everything you ever knew about snowmobiles is about to change forever. This is the year that the Skidoo snowmobile will go beyond anything you've ever imagined. Andrea has her secret, and she's holding on to her secret. And Mm -hmm. uh, they go on a magic carpet ride because (laughs) Andrea acquires a Chadu, Mm -hmm. which is just like this flying squirrel She decides to show Dak that she can morph. She can morph. And so, yeah, so this is a secret that she has kept even from her parents, that Mm -hmm. she has this power. uh, One of her friends on the Andalite homeworld or whatever uh, was the... The mother of her friend was the one who invented the morphing technology, mm-hmm. one of the scientists on that team. Yeah, so um, brand, brand spanking new technology. Brand spanking new technology, yeah. Yeah. circa 1966, um, in human years. Uh, early, early warm. warm. Yeah. <laughs> early <Yeah>. warm. <laughs> Thank Glad you. Glad we hit that at the same time. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is this is brand new, and this is this is something that Aldrea is is pretty pretty unique in having. Very mm-hmm. few if any non-warriors would have this technology. Yep. Yeah. And, and she uses it to, to great effect in that, like, she she has a hard time walking on the, the Horkbridger homeworld because it's yep. all very cliffy and it's not great for, like, uh, you know, a, uh, a thin-legged mammal. deer. Yeah. 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 And we didn't even talk about 
how the Horkwager world looks. But I guess we can get to that a little later, right? I mean, well, we kind of know. It's all flat, right? It's, it's all like, flat. it's, it's hilly. All hills. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like above them is the sky, and always below them is, is the Father Deep, deep Father the deep. blue yep. mist of death. Yeah. We never mentioned that. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're say, a um, Andalite mm-hmm. who's used to having like hills and dales and not really worry about where you're walking. Rolling plains. Yeah. 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 Then having a death cliff <laughs> might be a bad place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to like go on an all-out sprint is what I would say. No. Yeah. And um, so so she turns into a chadu to, to kind of get a, a better feel for the planet. And mm-hmm. they they have a moment of they have a, from They have a really tree. nice moment, actually, I would they say. They do. This it's is where you, very sweet. Yeah, this is where you get that spark of like, oh, th- there might be a little uh, budding relationship going on here. Right. Yeah. yeah this, this, might is... be the, this might be the time Jane Goodall falls in love with the ape. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> True, I, I, but yeah. I, look. Who are you insulting here, really? I Look. <laughs> Reading this book, I was like, "What is this love story? Is this ethically okay?" I, I, I'm Dude, not even Dak, sure. Dak rules. I would fall in love with Dak. He's great. Dak does rule, but I'm looking at this where she's. It's, like, it's also like a love story in the sense that, like, it's a love story when Andrea chooses to stop trying to be someone that she's not. I would say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She lets um, go. She be, she morphs into someone else yeah. when she lets the. Navi body takeover. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I knew it was coming. I knew. I knew we were gonna get the fucking Avatar. <laughs> I, the air is poison. What do you want? The air is poison, and it's actually the Avatar world is probably like the closest pop culture comparison yeah. to the to the Harkonnen world. Yeah, yep. for giant, sure. Giant, giant trees, trees, blue yeah. mist, blue mist yep. everywhere. It's it's perfect. Yeah, Someone and, get um, James Cameron on the horn. I'm going to have a word with him. Yeah, Whoa. they end up at like the Consulting world tree. Consulting producer James Cameron on the Animorphs Horkbajir Chronicles movie spinoff. I mean, Ooh. to be fair, also, like they went deep undersea in that one Animorphs book where they found the Hammerhead shark base. True. So, you know, so Le- Le- Leviathan, right? I was, yeah. Or whatever so, the hell that uh, one abyss. was. Abyss. Abyss. The abyss, abyss yeah. Right? Okay. Um, it's James Cameron. I'm waiting for the, the big boat Animorphs book. Where we, it sinks. I don't know no. if there's a big boat anamorph. Oh, yeah, damn. The <laughs> theory is broken now. Uh, every it. time I think of Titanic, I think of the but alternate no- ending where it's like, what the hell, lady, when she drops the necklace <laughs> in the ocean? <laughs> you know what's great about that? She says, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, no. Yeah, all right. It's a better ending. Everyone's like, Titanic's a masterpiece. It's like, watch the alternate watch ending. Watch the alternate ending for sure. Um, um, but also, like, Terminator, the whole Terminator series is, like, heavily... Horrors of War. Stolen. Yeah. Stolen. I mean, th- this was written after it, but it's, so, it's stolen by James Cameron. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. he had to go back and acknowledge and have it all reprinted that this is all stolen from Harlan Ellison. But, um, hey, all the best people steal, which is why we're the newest Animorphs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they make it to the the, the Navi World Tree. Which, they make it um, to the Navi World Tree, and Dak is like, "This is my people's culture," and Audrey is like, "I'm a Chadu." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of like you get the impression. This is where this is what you were talking about earlier, where we see sort of the 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 classroom environment for the mm-hmm. the Hork Bajir. Yeah, they're, um, they're they're having class like the. You you really get it like a, a peek into like their peaceful existence. They're like yeah. harvesting bark and and you know um, slurping up fucking tree goo. 
Yeah, they yeah. love the Trigu. They have the, the tin can phone line where it's just like uh, <laughs> strings yeah. connected from tree to tree and they yeah. can talk to each other. They, they shake our phone. They do like a sick bass riff on them to send a message to the next village. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and to me, this is kind of where I got like a little suspicious. I'm like, okay, I've, I've seen this movie before. I've seen Last of the Mohicans. I've seen The Last <laughs> Samurai. This is kind of getting a bit... It has the uh, a strong smack... Of, of like the the, the noble savage narrative, yeah, yeah. The and white savior noble savage, white savior, yeah, noble and savage. and like, but I think they handle it well enough here, right? Because it, it it's not, it's alien, right? Like it's an alien world. Mm-hmm. They're different species. It's different enough that it can be excused, I think. And and it, and it also highlights the whole idea of like, yeah, it, the noble savage narrative is an arrogant narrative, yeah, right? Yeah. Because the the Andalites are the there Andalites are an arrogant as people, a superior yeah. species, and right. like you know that that starts to break down a little bit when and, Dak becomes like just a, a cool dude. And also, I would say that this sort of also it rebukes the noble savage narrative in that Aldrea takes her arrogant race, her her knowledge. And purely uses it to settle a blood feud to get revenge. Like that's not what you see in the noble savage story. True. Yeah. yeah, Aldrea is the savage one. Yeah, Aldrea is the fucking savage in this. Yeah. So I'll... and Dak having a crush on this hot alien's like, yeah, okay, I'll do murders. The other thing that's savage is my hunger. I'll be right back. Look, growing up a poor white boy, yeah, I had a juggalo face. What about it? I didn't. Well, you're better than me. It's true, I am. Just keep that clip and play it when you get sad. <laughs> I was juggalo adjacent in high school, but I never, uh, you know, never embraced the dark carnival myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't have any clothes. Like, I know someone who had a bunch of clothes, but I knew some of their songs. I, I've seen a juggalo. I've talked to a juggalo. I met a juggalo. Oh, correction. But I ain't afraid of no juggalo. I've, I've made out with the juggalo, actually. So. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, Go well, on. Did it taste like Fago? I mean, no, because this was in Central Texas in high school. So Okay, so cigarettes and probably... And yeah. the, the thing that... Like, hey, you know, we, we make fun of the juggalos here on Amorphine Time, but they have good politics. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're for sure. For a long time, I mocked Juggalos. So I'm pro Juggalo now. I'm yeah. I'm pro Juggalo as well. I I have no problem with uh, with uh, the Juggalo the Juggalo Nation. The the Juggalo Code. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I actually have a Juggalo shirt, which is a clown holding a burning Confederate flag that says "Fuck your Confederate flag" on the back. That's yeah, that's a good shirt. I yeah. wear the fuck out of that shirt. It's, a, it's an excellent, excellent shirt. We actually have juggalos in the CIA protecting the president. Why am I here? I work in a wood mill. Acid. How does that work? Um, good, good politics. Bad music. Yeah. I look. Some of their like offshoot okay. stuff was good. God damn it. No, go for it. Just be honest. true to yourself. They so Don't I lie. was I was a new metal kid, new metal adult now. Sure. That new Last Resort remix, did I send that to you with Papa Roach? I think you did. I didn't Very listen good. to it. Uh, but they had a new metal band called Zug Island, and I fucking loved it. I'm ashamed of myself. This no, is who like, I am. You, you don't be ashamed of yourself. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It, like, I really don't know the music of <laughs> Violent J. And, and, Shaggy Too Dope. Yeah. Shaggy I, will, dope. I will say that, that Violent J is... Is doing the heavy lifting when it comes to insane clown uh, posse for sure. But Shaggy Too Dope seems like the type of guy who makes everything chill. 
Shaggy Too Dope is the Ben Affleck, while Violent J is the Matt Damon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Let's do a better one. Uh, Shaggy Too Dope is the Nate, and Violent J is the Tyler. Wow. Whoa. Doing all the heavy lifting, oh! huh? Oh, damn. <laughs> ah! just... uh, but I'd like to keep things chill around here in Anamorphin Time. <laughs> and you also likes to keep things chill? Esplin. Esplin, Esplin loves to keep things chill. <laughs> Up until the point when Esplin finds a juicy brain. <laughs> the next chapter is all about Esplin dominating a brain loving, and loving it. Loving to take brains. Oh, man. Like, wouldn't that feel good, though, to like just oh, dominate a brain? Are you... What? Would, okay. <laughs> Pretend. Wouldn't it be so cool to take away everyone's rights completely and dominate them? Wouldn't that be dope and fun? And then give it back. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so cool to hear them crying, please let me be free, while you're totally owning their shit, bro? Wouldn't that be just fucking sweet? Wouldn't you love to be a jerk? Okay, here's the thing. I would let you do it to me if you ever you. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is Ciro's kindness right there. That is okay, kind yeah. and naive. That is kind and naive. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Listen, between two consenting adults, I think it's perfectly fine to dominate a brain. In the privacy of your own homes. <laughs> no, That's no, right. we'll, we'll release it as an extra. <laughs> Animorphin Time, like when we release the Patreon, it'll be an Animorphin ah. Time exclusive where yeah. I dominate your brain. It's just but that, a bit, video bra- of me coming Brain out. domination, though, brain domination, though, is, I think, like this sequence is one of the one of the brilliant devices that makes Animorphs, I think, so compelling and is what allows like these conversations to happen is because it shows that power is a drug and Esplan 9466 mm-hmm. is an addict. Yeah, yeah. And especially because, you know, as we've talked about, Esplan 9466 has no cultural anchor, has no reference point for a sense of self or identity. Or ethics. Or, or ethics, anything. anything. The... Being able to basically open an entirely new dimension of experience and of perception, you know, going from a yerk to a, a body with five senses, whatever. Like it's it's uh, an un an unparalleled experience, which is why it's so addictive. And that's the power the power over drugs. others' lives. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that sounds like being on mushrooms to me, and I love being on mushrooms. Yeah, you you experience new senses that you didn't know you had. Oh, younger listeners, if you get the chance, try mushrooms. Make sure you're in a safe place with people you trust, but try drugs. They're fun. They won't tell you that. They're fun. Do drugs. Do drugs. That's Children. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is another oh. politics point that we have in common with ICP. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's true. young people do drugs. Young people Please. have sex. Try it. Do both if you can. Do it safely. Don't don't, don't be a dupe. Do it safely. About do it, it with people that you trust. Oh, always consent. Always, always, yes. always. Esplan Esplan does not actually. No, Esplan Esplan takes. Esplan takes like the Yerks bring. Actor and whatever, whatever the whoever the oh yeah, like head uh, Yerks in charge. Esplan has like a little uh, rivalry with another guy too. Yeah, Carger or whatever. Carger, Carger, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Carger. And they're like, put this nerd Yerk in this new monster. Yeah, and it's a Hork Bajur. Yep. And he crawls in that thing's brain. It's like, please free me. No, my body. This sucks. Me sad. <laughs> and 
Esplin, our boy, Visser 3, is like, hell yeah, this fucking rules. This fucking rules. Yeah, and Esplin, Esplin is the one who determines, who makes the ultimate judgment call. The hork will be the weapon of the Yurk Empire. Yep. This, yeah, bo- it- this body will serve us well. Yeah, he can feel its strength. He can see its sharp blades. He understands how Andalites fight. He knows that a hork can just fucking wreck an Andalite or at least go toe-to-toe with an Andalite better than, say, uh, Again. on Gatchik or a Skritnaw or a Taxon. And th- th- it's ultimately, it sounds like this is the move that starts the Yerk Empire, right? Not just like the Yerk yeah. uh, uh, escapee squad. Absolutely. Right? It, it, it's like, oh, we, ha- we have a, a source of power. There's a whole planet of these guys down exactly. here. We, have, this is, this we, is we found the nukes. This is it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, is, we, we, this is the weapon that will enable, like, the like Ciro's kindness, the the gift of mobility and the gift of space travel to the Yerks in the form of portable Candrona was the uh, the inciting incident. But if the Yerks had not found the hork they would have been toothless. Yeah. Yeah. So It'd the, be over for these space slug bitches. Yeah, because, yeah. like, what? A Ged's not going to take you over. Like, Ged's not going gonna... to. Yeah. It's going to give you a floppy slap and just like, hey, <laughs> knock it off. Hold again. on. Let's not speak ill of floppy slaps. <laughs> I Here's the thing. <laughs> I do remember the last girl I was with and she like slapped me. I'd never had someone just slap me during sex and it fucking ruled. Yeah, okay. But uh, what, what, are you saying it was floppy? No. <laughs> I'm just saying if it were, that'd be fine too. Okay. Shit. I'm learning a lot about myself. I don't know why I'm learning <laughs> about yourself either. <laughs> why am I here for this? You know what this is. Everyone is I, here for this. this I is... drink a lot and I say too much about myself. All right, well. What else is Animorphs if not exactly that? Animorphs is self-discovery. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, Esplin has discovered uh, a lot about uh, the nature of the universe and power. Yep. And mm-hmm. they, they Power go- is taking. Yep, and they head down to the planet to get more of that, that sweet, sweet power. And we cut to Dak Hemi. <laughs> yep. I love... Just pronounce all the names from now on. Dak Hemi. Dak Hemi. Dak Hemi. Dak Hemi. I am Gash Filat. <laughs> Hork Badger. Oh, come on. They don't, they don't have a pronunciation guide for these names. They don't. It's, they it's do in, your in heart. one of the books, actually. Wait, they do? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's called the Che? No, they're the Chi to me, buddy. Sorry. It's a Chocobo. <sighs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that, a it is a Chocobo. You oh, say it a different way. Cocobo. Yeah, Nate has Wait. always called it a Cocobo. I've called it a Cocobo like, for ages. Is this That's like an, what I said! Is this an Italian CH? I learned how wait, to read. A we, oh wait, wait. A cocobo. Let me just clarify. I, I learned how to read from Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> While I was playing that game, I was like sounding up the words like, yeah, all right. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's not sad at all. Shout like, out for games, sad at all. But also that's maybe I pronounce things a little bit fucked up. Look, Nate, the people love your powerful adult brain. They, they, it's becoming a phrase. They love it. But yeah, so this is we get we get more knowledge about the uh, the the speaking trees, the yep. uh, the guide trees, the family yeah. trees. Also, more more we, avatar. <laughs> we learn that there's nothing but terror down in the blue mist. Don't go down there. You hmm. find the what's the name of the the the, the gagu down there? The Esquilax. Ooh, and here, out of the mists of history, the legendary Esquilax, a horse with the head of a rabbit, and. The body of a rabbit. Here, buddy, buddy. Here, buddy. Here, Esquilax. <laughs> yeah, what's the name <laughs> of the Esquilax? Are you talking it's about the, the ju- Jubba Jubba? The Jubba yeah. Jubba, yeah. Oh, man. Gotta watch out for that Jubba Jubba. There's a Jubba Jubba yeah. down there. 
There's, you don't want to know what a Jubba Jubba is. There's all sorts down there, but the Jubba Jubba is the bad one for sure. With a snicker snack, I get that Jubba <laughs> Wubba. <laughs> no Vorpal Blade coming to save you this time, but... Um, We're not doing Jabberwocky again. <laughs> um, but yeah, then all of a sudden there's uh, there comes in these mournful, sick bass riffs from the next valley over... Their, their tree's bass riff is, you know, saying... It's a little bit deeper than usual. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds... It's making out a yerk sound. Yeah. And so it says, Huh, our people are being taken by the ones who walk on two differently sized legs. And Aldrea's like, What the fuck? Those are geds! Yep. Yeah, she knows. And then she immediately remembers she has to return some videotapes <laughs> <laughs> and runs back to the scoop. She's like... She's like, sorry, Dak, I can't explain to you what any of this means, even though you would understand it by this point. I just got to <laughs> skedaddle. Yeah. yeah she's she, re- re- she realizes that the Yurks are here. They've got ships in the atmosphere. Her dad has to send a very important email. Yeah. She, she's in a toxic relationship with Dak where she just, she's in love with Dak, but she can't trust Dak with shit. Right. And so. We've all had those. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a power imbalance in relationship. That's bad news. Yeah. Right, you yeah. want to be in equal terms. That's not the case. So she's just like, "I've got to go yeah, I have, now. I have to return some video." Tapes. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. and, but like, of course, Dak follows. Yeah, uh, Dak and, follows. And but he's he's not a good he, ground runner. He's a tree no, runner. He hates to see her leave, but loves to watch her walk away. That's true. Or gonna, not walk away, but like run diagonally up the world. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I hate to see you leave with no explanation, but I love to watch you run diagonally up the upward world. Yeah, and like as Dak is over there mirroring on Andrea, yeah, uh, Andrea runs right to the scoop. She says, "Hey, Dad, there's," and then explosion. Kablamo! <laughs> yeah, the scoop gets exploded. Uh, this is not what Esplin wanted, by the way. I think we, we no, no, they right they cut back to the ship. Aldrea is running to the scoop, and she's like, "I had to stop my dad from sending out this email." Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody cares about his chainmail jokes. <laughs> <laughs> dad, okay, we get it. You golf, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why they call it a four? <laughs> <laughs> they they, <laughs> they cut up to the Yerk ship. The Yerk have figured out. Oh, there's four of them. Well, I only see three in there. Well, Let's one's probably anyway. inside. One's probably yeah. inside the little little cave, you know, yeah. behind the curtain. And Espen's like, like, no. Espen's like, yeah, I they're never behind me. the curtain. They would yeah. never be inside if they have no reason to be, you right. dumb shit. That's why Carger only gets to, like, his highest rank is Subverser. He's not a good villain. Yeah. He doesn't know shit. Yeah, they're making up their own ranks, and they're laughing. They're like, watch this. I'm going to drone their shit. <laughs> I'm going to totally yeah. fucking blast these Andalite scum. But Espen's <laughs> like, no, listen, you got to get them all at once. Otherwise, they'll hassle you throughout your entire life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... And I gotta give credit to I'm guessing Michael Grant for writing this. Uh, you, you don't know, the, the, honestly. Like I've tried this to part. Anyway. I've tried to distinguish their tones, and it's it's impossible. Look, it's, there's it's no hard. way. Yeah. There's no way Catherine Alice Applegate, the writer of that Monkey Book. <laughs> we should read the book one of these days. We should read Monkey Book, Monkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this book was ahead of its time in presenting the detached uh poisoned humor that comes with drone strikes that you see 
from drone strikers, the people okay. who run the Xbox controllers, because that's exactly what this was. This was a drone strike, and we didn't have these in fucking 98, not like this. Well, you know what we had? We had the trauma movie like, hey, guys, 10 points. How much is a kid on a bicycle? <laughs> 28 points if you can get both the kid and the bike. Yeah. Like, we had the yeah. grim jokes of, of uh, uh, you know, disambigu- disambiguated, like, murder. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. I mean, this shit is horrifying. Drone strikes are horrifying. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that story of the kid who's like, I prefer gray skies because when the skies are gray, American drones don't come out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Should uh, I... Should I- should I bring up uh, white phosphorus facts? White phosphorus facts! <laughs> Deplete uranium facts! <laughs> We're a little hard to do animal facts, although we'll have something a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about the American propensity for using depleted uranium and white phosphorus. You mean shredders? Yes, yeah, shredders. Essentially shredders. Nate, Drew, how much do you know about white phosphorus and depleted uranium? I know more about the second than the first, and that second one, don't stop burning. Yeah, I know a little bit about the first. Which one did I say first? Uh, Uranium. phosphorus? Oh, no, you you said... (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, go back 15 seconds, then tweet at me which one was first. Uh, So, I didn't know this until I looked this up, but in a lot of our munitions, our missiles, grenade launchers, armor plating, we use a lot of depleted uranium, which... Mm -hmm. Go for syndrome, yeah. some might call it. Radio fucking active. <laughs> so, and white phosphorus is, it's a, uh, like for all intents and purposes, it's a gas. It ignites when it touches oxygen. So I want to talk to you about the Iraq War, 2003-2004. Y'all ever heard of the children of Fallujah? Sure have. What about you, Nate? Uh, no. So, Tell me about the children of Fallujah. They they grew up happy and healthy yes. and, and uh, became scientists, actually. Yeah, actually, no. <laughs> they were born with tails and no heads. Uh, so the Battle of Fallujah, the bloodiest battle at the start of the Iraq War, we hammered Fallujah, one of the larger cities, which they told us had terrorists in it, with depleted uranium munitions and white phosphorus. So one of the... I'm not going to give you all the names because this isn't an information podcast. We do this for fun. But one of the generals said, well, we were bombing them and we couldn't get them out of the buildings. So the way we got them out of buildings and their hidey holes was by shooting white phosphorus. So the white phosphorus, when it touches human skin or you breathe it in because it is a gas form, it immediately burns and eviscerates your skin, your airway. It tears you apart. That, so, so not good is what you So saying. they have found that we've killed probably over a million people, countless women, countless children, countless other civilians, and we launched them with depleted uranium munitions. Mm-hmm. This is all going somewhere, somewhere very depressing. Cool. To the point now, all this happened in 2004. In 2007, they started to notice that... Babies were being born with birth defects. Like like I said, some were born with tails, some were born with their organs on the outside, some were born with no heads. Twenty there was twenty-five percent infant mortality. Twenty-five percent. 
That's seems fucked. high. That's <laughs> super <laughs> fucking high. One, one what's a norm? What's a normal? One in. Uh, uh, I mean, look at America, where it's like five percent, three percent, less than that. I would say like like point three percent. Yeah, of it's that. like infant but, mortality should be like a few per thousand, not yeah. one in four. Not one in four, and that's what's been happening. So, some scientists and doctors in Iraq were trying to catalog this, and they have been cataloging it. But they're not receiving any UN funding. And the Department of Defense has gone on record saying they don't have the funding or the authority to clean up white phosphorus or depleted uranium. Because there's just both of those hanging around that these people are still cleaning up today. So really, it's their fault for not cleaning it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that, that's, 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 the, that's the argument, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> you all have heard of Agent Orange, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, look up Agent Orange. It's this chemical weapon we used in Vietnam that caused a lot of cancer, a lot of destruction, killed a lot of people. So in the 80s, there was a class action lawsuit against, uh, who was it? It was like uh, Dow, three, three Dow Chemical was, was one of them yeah. and another another um, chemical company. It was DuPont or something. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. It's Dow Chemical yeah. and a big chemical company. The... The children and surviving veterans won a class action lawsuit to get Agent Orange-related stuff covered by the VA mm-hmm. and to basically get a payday. So in 2006 or so, no, it's like 2009, uh, the family of Vietnamese victims of Agent Orange sued those same companies again to get uh, some money for their families that are now dead and full sure. of cancer. And the defending attorney said, oh, we can't do that because if we pay this out, that would affect diplomatic relations at home. Do you know? And the judge says, oh, yeah, we're not going to side with them. Then there will be no restitution for Agent Orange on any of the Vietnamese. Now, do you know why it was ruled that way? Uh, No. Because we were currently using it in Fallujah, and then we were using it in Syria. Well, we just had had leftovers. It was going to go bad if we didn't use it. Israel was using it on Palestine. Turkey was using it on the Kurdish. If they set up a precedent where they could come after us for us selling them white phosphorus and depleted uranium munitions, that opened us up to paying for all these people eventually. So... The diplomatic reason we could not give them restitution was because we are still currently using it. We are using it today in Syria. Mm-hmm. Trump did not pull out. <laughs> he never pulls out <laughs> that little mushroom thing. He uh, can't. It doesn't go in. <laughs> oh. So it's still being used in Syria. They're still being used. And the UN will not fund any studies to look at the effects of white phosphorus or depleted uranium. On. If you don't measure it, it didn't happen. That's, that's, what, I hear. that's yeah. what they're doing. That's, that's the what argument. they're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. the argument. And, and yeah, so yeah, I, I know less about depleted uranium, but white phosphorus, just to, to paint a mental picture, let me use my uh my <laughs> my yeah, jar t- my, tell it like my Jara my Jara Hemi voice. Um <laughs> White phosphorus make bad fire. Bad fire float in air, very small speck. Very small speck, touch body bad, go through inside body, burn inside body for yep. many, many time. 
So, uh, honestly, that does remind me of the Shredders. Right. Like it, it, it's it sounds bad to compare. It. Like eh, let's go back to this kids book. Yeah. But like you know, honestly, like the the idea of like you're being torn apart from the inside at a molecular yeah. level, like it's just all pain and burning. Yeah, my, like, that's, it, my whole point in bringing this up with this children's book is that they completely vaporize Aldrea's family. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are using. I mean, sci-fi words, but they're using these same weapons of war. Yeah. The authors of this book drew inspiration from things we had done. We did it in Desert Storm. We did it with Agent Orange in Vietnam. Using chemical, awful, destructive weapons is something we do, which is why later in this book, they throw out the quantum virus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This unethical war. I mean, I would argue all war is unethical. Big time pacifist pussy over here. But... We have always, 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 always like, just killed innocent people in the name of imperialism and petty blood feuds. Yeah, we just have gotten better at it. Is and it, we don't we don't is, pay to study it or clean it up because there's this, no budget for is it. Is this book the one where they talk about the development of dracon beams? Yes. Yes, it, yes, is. it is. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's even more more appropriate because they say that a dracon beam kills less cleanly than a shredder does yep yeah that's it's something i want you to think about when they talk about us maintaining any presence anywhere in the world because that is the cost of us maintaining a presence anywhere those are the tools that are used to maintain our presence yes that this is what we are doing this is we are taking outside fire air and putting it into children in syria and this is just going to keep happening. Uh, Fallujah facts. Fallujah facts. <laughs> Fallujah facts. White phosphorus, depleted uranium, not anamorphic not time good. podcast. And all that you know, he wanted to do was just send an email. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a bit of an outsized response to a golf joke email. Yeah. Well, it's just like you know, like hey, that guy was just holding the camera, man. Like it's not a gun. <laughs> it's, right. it's just it's, a wedding photographer. I don't. I don't know. That's no, that's I, why I like these books because they don't shy away from war. They don't they shy away don't. from. They uh, don't shy away from a single detail. Aldrea watches her family get turned into fire glass. Yeah, and what does that do to Aldrea though? It radicalizes her it, in the wrong direction. In the wrong direction, right? Because like you know, I think like she's I think, fucking pissed. Yeah, right after this happens, she's like, no, 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 my family, my family, no, 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 no. Like MacGruber, no, 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 no. And all <laughs> yeah, that but, right. but not funny. And, and then and then poor Zach Hammy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, teach me. He he's com- like, tell. Not only that, but he comes to her and he shields her face and he says, don't look. And she says, let me find the exact quote because it's. Well, because he knows what to do. He knows that, like, listen, you don't look at pain just because you feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. And like she lashes out. Because she wants to feel that rage, she she needs it in order to. to I found with I her found life. the passage, and this one this one gave me chills the first time I read it. It still gives me chills. She says, "Dak grabbed me and turned me away from the awful scene. He took my head gently in his two claw hands and made me face him. But as a hork bajir, he didn't understand. My stock eyes could all too easily stay riveted on the glowing red wound that had been my life." So he, fucking, fucking good shit. Yeah, yeah. Dak, this is great prose. Yeah, and this I is should, I this is like, like Dax sort of like last. This is the this is his last attempt to to grasp innocence and hold on to it. He says, "Look at me, Aldria," but she's physically able 
to keep looking at mm-hmm. at war. Do, do you think it's, it's because like she doesn't listen to Dak because she still looks down on Dak? And I think at this point she still sees kindness as idiocy. Right? Like that that's kind of the, one of the overall like themes of this book that is if you're kind and if you're generous and trusting, you're an idiot. I, yes, and but that's not my takeaway for this scene specifically. This scene is is she's there's no ego in this scene at all. She's just grieving. And so yeah. it's it's more of a physical it's it's more of a a gut punch of like he's trying to help me but he just doesn't understand that I can still see everything happening right in this moment. I, right. I get that. So it's like she, she doesn't see Dak at this no, point. No, she does yeah. not. She that's does not why she Dak like, you know, cuts yeah. off one of her like one of Dak's like little uh, arm blades or whatever. Like uh, you know, is that she just yeah, that's is true. not in the in the moment right now. She yeah. she's she's in like the red zone of anger. And, and when just, she, when she is in the moment, Dak says, Help me understand this evil. And she says, I'm not gonna help you understand the evil. I'm gonna help you kill this evil. Yeah. Well, yeah, because honestly, yeah, Dak can't understand, really. Yeah. And, and you know, that's part of like, you know, just Dak is not in the situation where he would respond to this and he'll have plenty of opportunities later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he's not in the position <laughs> where he's not the type of person that responds to tragedy with anger. But all, all Andrea, <laughs> make I, this passion plea with the wrong name, please. <laughs> all, 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 all of this, like the only way that Andrea knows how to respond to this emotion is with rage, and it, it, it's it's sad. That's the tragedy of Andrea is that like, well, eventually that's her character arc is that she learns that there are other emotions to come to when mm-hmm. you run into deep scarring tragedy that isn't just rage and lash out with anything within like tail's length, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, so yeah, Dak, Dak wouldn't understand. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And if, she's right. If, if you're kind, you're an idiot. That's well, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I, but I, no, think, like, I think that's a good summary of like one of the core themes for sure. It's just like, like kindness is to weakness is to stupidity. Yeah. That's why we start out with zero. You know, it's just like, he, mm-hmm. he's just this kindly lovable, what everyone calls an idiot. And like, maybe he's not, you know, yeah, um, but we'll, we'll see more examples of that later. I think. And yeah, it's. I, I don't know if we actually touched on like the fact that it for the Andalite culture, the phrase Ciro's kindness is like the most cynical, sarcastic yeah. insult. Yeah. Um, we, we should have a word for that. I think that. Uh, yeah. It's like there would be like some like, you know, 10 syllable German word for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, kind and Freude. Essen mein Scheiße. Yeah. That's 10 syllables. Sure. <laughs> So yeah. the next chapter we get the birth of Deadly Dak. Yep. Deadly Dak. Deadly Dak. Horkbajer laying down. They're coming. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to kill Aldrea. Right. And he's like so the thing that ultimately like converts him to the way of violence mm-hmm. <laughs> is that like is defense, right? Yeah. Like is that um Andrea is about to die by being murdered some, by again. Some asshole stepped to his alien GF and he had a defender. Yeah. He he's very much the Nicolas Cage from Con Air in this situation. He killed to defend himself. Aldrea's the bunny. Yeah. In the box. I said put the bunny back in the box. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like but the, the I think it's like the authors are trying to give us a message that not all 
violence is bad in very specific, very narrowly defined situations. And I think they're trying to really advocate for this is kind of the situation. Right? Yeah. It's like his defense. And- Dak is watching Aldrea get attacked. And that's when this little bit happened. Something happened then. It was as if I had given the power to look right into the heart of Father Deep. I could feel a terrible knowledge, a terrible understanding. I could feel power. I jumped on the back of the closest hork bajur. I swung my arms as hard and as fast as I could. My wrist blade sliced into his back. It sliced through the muscle. It sliced through his spine. Every muscle in his body went limp instantly. He fell back, unable to move his legs. I leapt at the other hork bajur, but he was backing away, turning, running. Karger, you coward! The crippled hork bajur cried. I stared at my wrist blade. It dripped with blood. Did we get... This is, this is the first act of violence committed by a hork bajur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's good at it. He's good at it, but like he doesn't... Yeah. He's not built for it. I mean, he's he's exactly he, built he for it. But no, but the thing is, he, is, he <laughs> isn't, though. Like, the next chapter, like, I think is one of the best chapters of this book, probably of the series so far. I really love chapter 14. And chapter mm-hmm. 14 is just a conversation about the nature of violence. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, yes, he is built for it. And, and uh, Andrea is so frustrated by this because she says that uh, they were among the fiercest looking, most physically awesome sentient species in the galaxy. They were walking weapons, deadly from head to foot, but they didn't know it. They didn't know what it meant, right? Which is that ultimately Andrea just doesn't know what it meant, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, yes, they are weapons, but they're not. They're tools for gathering wood. You only see it as weaponry because you are coming from a place of violence. You're coming from a place of rage, you know, like... hammers are not meant to bludgeon people to death and you're only thinking that way if you're in a fight so yeah talk a little bit more about that because in the start of these books all the character said was oh horkwitchers they're not naturally violent but you don't understand that till you learn that they exist only to yeah. eat trees. Yeah, that, that's kind of the big twist of, of uh, I forget the book number of that one. But yeah. Yeah. The, it doesn't matter. The live free, get wife or die or whatever. Yeah, Jer Hamley's book. Right? Thir- you, you 13, only, I believe. Yeah, you only learn that like they have the blades for, for wood. And I can tell that they're they're very excited by this concept. Right? Like, what <laughs> if we had uh, a, a blade monster that was peaceful? Right? Yeah. That, that'll that'll teach them a lesson those kids uh but like it but it's a good point in that like it's all about perspective and i think the, the thing about violence is is that it doesn't come naturally to 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 people it's taught. You know, it, it's taught only taught right like kids will like occasionally accidentally bite or kick somebody you know, and they they bring that up like you know we've had industrial accidents like somebody has accidentally gotten cut by like harvesting wood, you know, and kids accidentally like they'll they'll punch and bite you. They don't know what it means, uh, but when they learn that it hurts, they stop doing it. And and you know it's only like when we kind of raise our boys to be cowboys. Sorry that I cringed when I said that. My brain was dying. Uh, when when we teach our kids to to learn violence, right? We're it, it's it's a learned skill. It is a mm-hmm. a nurtured skill that we consciously do. A- and I think that this this I mean, chapter malicious this, violence, yes, but I yeah. mean there is that violence of protecting yourself when you're being yeah. attacked. Uh, but and it's all justification. That's like the, that's uh, the cultural danger, right? As well as like you. You glorify violence, but you couch it in the language of of justice and protection. Right. And yeah. it's the gateway drug, though, because, like, you know, you couch it in the language of 
you're the good cop, mm-hmm. right? You're the lawmaker. You right. show up you're the you. sheriff. I'm protecting the sheep. Yeah. Right. But in reality, like, violence springs from immediate scared reaction. Mm-hmm. And if you train yourself as violence in defense, then you're going to do violence as offense pretty soon. Or accidentally first. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, if you normalize it within yourself, then it becomes second nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and this book questions, like, maybe, from Andrea's perspective, she, she sees it as, she has a, a cop perspective. She does, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, Andalites are the space cops. Yeah, the space sure. cops. I, yeah. I, I now get that, everyone out there on the internet, they are space cops. Uh, it, but, like, the Harkwajur are not space no. cops. They're, they're, they're not, like... They've never been taught this, and they're confused by it, and mm-hmm. like kind of scared by it when they get taught it. Like, mm-hmm. and so like, um, I, I guess like what I have to say here is that Andrea's perspective is her perspective, mm-hmm. and, and and Doc stepping in to, to to protect Andrea was something that she kind of brought along with her. She she is yeah. the the bad cultural element here. Yeah, to be honest. So. It's the Andalites, pieces of shit, huh? Yeah. Well, it, no, no, I mean, like, this, I still like Andalites in a way. Well, yeah, I mean, they're obviously the heroes of the series. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're they're also like kind of dandy fops who think they're better than everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like you can't feel Andalites, too great about them. But Andalites uh, are fucking fraught. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. then again, they also like Cinnabon, so like you can't hate them that much. <laughs> oh, they do. They do like Cinnabon. <laughs> and it's fun. It's a kids book. Huh? Uh, Kids, uh, kids also like Cinnabons. Yeah. Famously, well, kids yeah, famously I mean, like Cinnabons, and adults, and adults. Yeah, <laughs> adults like McDonald's is designed for kids, but adults are the main source of revenue. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, but yeah, that's and a, so it's we have the we have the immediate one two then from Dak clinging to innocence, trying to say Aldrea, you know, look here, look at me. Aldrea fixates on on what's lost, on anger, on grief, on the the consequences of war. And then before that moment can even pass, before that that, that can even really be processed, violence occurs. Yeah. In, you in person to you person. Yeah, you don't control when violence comes at you. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, and so it's it's kind of breakneck from here, you know, it's uh what what is it they, like? A vi- violence is defined by the removal of of agency. Violence, like the, the way, like huh? That's interesting. I I don't yeah. know that I've heard that exact that exact phrase before, but I like that. Yeah, it's because like you lose control when when violence is acted upon you. Because like yeah, mm-hmm. if somebody punches me, I'm gonna have to punch back or or run away if that's an option. Again, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very proud coward. I would but- simply, <laughs> I would simply do the punching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you but- you are placed in a position where you have. You have to act one way or another without without the luxury and the dignity of choice. Choice is removed. Yeah, choice yeah. is removed, exactly. Without the dignity of choice. You go to that lizard brain. Um and yeah, they get they get uh choice is removed from them because lasers start shooting yeah. out the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Geds pop down, start blasting at them, and they're like, Well, let's run into Father Deep. <laughs> yeah, what else are you gonna do? What are we um, gonna do? But yeah, and this actually, b- before they reach Father Deep, we have a very pivotal Remind me what Father Deep is, by the way. Father Deep is the is the cultural name for the unknowable valley floor among Hork-Bajir. Mm-hmm. Okay, there be dragons. There be yeah. dragons, exactly. And so yeah. Hork-Bajir, okay. Hork-Bajir, we'll we'll get more into the the 
social and cultural function of Father Deep when we reach the Arn. Second yeah. for second foreshadow of the Arn. We're so which... good at foreshadowing. Drew's <laughs> so good at foreshadowing. It's so dark here. There's so much shadows. <laughs> but <laughs> there be Jubba Jubba. <laughs> there be Jubba Jubba on the map. X marks the spot. But before they are able to flee, we have a really excellent pivotal character moment for Dak. And this is one of my favorite sequences. Um, and I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but Aldrea finally at this moment explains the concept of a parasite, explains the mechanism mm-hmm. for how Yurks enslave the bodies and minds of other beings. And Dak, in the process of doing so, she explains the Andalite relationship with the Yurks, which is that we had sought to see if there was anything that we could learn or gain from them. And also we respected what we saw as their fierce intelligence. Mm-hmm. And as she's explaining this and as she's sort of, you know, waxing, waxing philosophic about the Andalite and York relationship, it's clicking for Dak and it's coming all together for Dak. And this is sort of, I think we talked about, how his vocabulary changes through the book, the writing style changes. Mm-hmm. This is the pivot. It, point it is for very that. flowers for an allergen on. Like I, yeah, I, I kind of laughed like reading this book. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you're starting to like pull up the thesaurus here on this one. <laughs> um, I get it, but but Dak realizes this is his his self aware moment. He just had the self aware moment where he saw that his body is a weapon or could be a weapon, mm-hmm. and now he realizes. His mind is not an enviable or uh, an impressive mind. And he realizes that the hork are looked down upon and are scorned and are thought of as inferior by the Andalites mm-hmm. for their simplicity and everything. And um, Somebody learns a little lesson about shame. <laughs> yeah. And so he's and he is he is ashamed and he's also upset, very rightfully yeah. angry and upset with yeah. Aldrea. He's like, you don't view my people the same way you view the Yerks. Right. But they're the ones who are the threat to you. Mm-hmm. You respect yeah, kinda... them, but they're they're evil. They have brought this upon us. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of everyone's greatest nightmare. Is when that did they... y'all realize you were stupid? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> like, if you've ever listened in on a conversation where somebody like has outwardly said, I don't like you, <laughs> honestly, like that, that's a that's a hard thing to hear. And it sounds like he has heard that. Right. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. heard that Andrea just thinks he's dumb. And that sucks. Yeah. Right. And, and that's hard news. And this is the the bitterest pill for him to swallow because she's explaining to him like it's kind of past the point of no return like if you like it or like whether you like it or not your people are fucking what's the uh i think like rachel in one of the early books has like a very funny description or maybe it's jake of of like what a hork pajir look like but it's like a walking oh salad shooter that, salad that shooter a walk yeah. cuz marco would was that was that shooter. marco okay yeah. so I mean, Marco is the jokester, but I thought that one of the I thought that uh, one of the normies had that thought. But yeah, that's Marco. Marco says like, "Oh, it's like a walking salad shooter. It's like a yeah. it's a kitchen appliance on legs, you know." Right. And so, Aldrea is like, um, that, "That's their fate moving forward. Is that that's yeah? They're they're seen as their outward appearance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. As, as so, salad, salad I'm shooter. so tired of being treated like I'm the hottest person around." Yeah, the, the salad shooter. I wish shooter. people would recognize my dumb brains <laughs> <laughs> and my innocent spirit. Oh, uh, that's. The, I, I appreciate dumb dogs more the cur- than smart the curse dogs. of the himbo. The curse of yeah. the himbo, right there. 
Why do people only fixate on my fucking hot bod? Why don't they pay attention to my dumb, innocent mind? Right. <laughs> I picked you flower. Yeah, I lift you up. <laughs> Man, I want a himbo. Shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and Dak, of course, is a himbo. Like, oh, for sure. No, hold on, wait. Dak, Dak is smart. He's the well, himbo who read Dak, theory. Yeah. Dak starts out as a himbo, but like... Who's I would Dak's say, friend? What's his name? <laughs> Jagel. Or a Jagel. Jagel. Yeah. Yeah. Jagel's a himbo. <laughs> himbo. Like, no, that ain't me, bro. I'm me. <laughs> like, he gets a girlfriend and there's like, yeah, we're fucking all the time. It's cool. <laughs> Jared yeah. Himbo. Yeah, like, Jared. That's not me on the wall, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm me. Jared Himbo. <laughs> Jared Hemi is a himbo. So yeah. yeah. So, so oh, Dak- Jared Hemi is a super himbo. Oh yeah. yeah. He's like, I got my wife. I got my daughter. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And so after 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 Jack, Jared Jared the himbos. <laughs> I love them. Jared Jared the like this Jersey guy. <laughs> That's like that's a good that's a good merch like that the next merch after the uh, the Tobias you know a cab oh, yeah we yeah. need to have like like a, a Hork Bajir himbo T shirt that's the oh next my one God. God, I buy buy it good. yeah yeah the that's, fitted tank Hork this is an himbo. open call to the anamorphing time fan base <laughs> yes if please you, someone if, send if me if the you Hork have, Bajir himbo if you have fan art of a Hork Bajir himbo please submit it directly in DM. Or via our Discord server. If, yeah. if it's, if I it's will super, retweet the fuck out of it. If it's super gross, send it directly to the Anamorphing Time podcast Twitter handle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the grosser, the, the better. The thicker the penis, the better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let's get moving here because like the, the plot starts to get moving too. Yeah. Now we're, yeah, now we're in, in deep the, plot. They're running to the, like, like Adele, they're rolling in the deep. Rolling in the deep. Yeah, you know I had to do it. Yeah, I I loved that tweet. Um, <laughs> I I'm letting my brain leak out of my ears with those yeah. tweets. Yeah, Aldrea like Adele are both known for rolling in the deep. Yep, which they do. Yeah, they do the the oxygen is thick, which makes Aldrea stronger because she loves mm-hmm. oxygen more. She, She's acclimating. Who doesn't? To it. She loves to breathe. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Remember oxygen She's a breather. Bars? Yeah. Remember that whole thing back Wait, in like what? early 2000, the oxygen bars? Oh god. That was like everyone was like afraid like oh shit, like the world is so dystopic now. Look at these oxygen bars. What if there was a mango taste to your oxygen? You can have that now downtown. Honestly, here's the thing though. I bet I you think I could sell that, that now. I think they still do that in Vegas. I bet you I could sell that now. I bet you could. Go down to like Silicon Valley, it's like get some angel investors involved. That's that's also money. Inc- that's incidentally the plot for the animated Lorax movie. But oh, <laughs> and space balls. Whoa! <laughs> Just thought it. Okay, tell me what you got. Y'all like X Men? Yeah, yeah. X Men's good. Think of it. What if there was a run where Warren Worthington the Third became an angel investor because he's a millionaire and he's also angel from X Men? Whoa! I'm a blowing my writer. You're blowing my mind here. That's all I could think of. What space balls? Screwball also, combo. Also, that's valid though because all comics are fanfic. You heard it here first. Uh, yeah, uh, they are. <laughs> They just okay. get paid to make their fanfic canon. Um, but yeah. So, so, so they, they, they go through the fog. Yeah. They find a monster. The they jump run away. jumps are eating the yurks. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. They find the they find a bridge with a city in built into yeah. mountains. So there's yeah, like this hidden some... ancient civilization. It's like if we went down into the deep waters of Atlantis and it was like, you know, it was super civilized. Like there was a Godzilla sleeping there, like in the new Godzilla movie. Oh, you haven't seen it. Sorry. Uh, there's an underground Godzilla city. 
But instead of Godzilla's, it's like these wormy little nerds. <laughs> yeah, these little dragon. No, bitches. yeah, it's it's literally it's literally that um that like Pueblo, you know, Native American like cliff city. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I thought about it. It was just like yeah. it was a, a city. I mean, the built main in... guy is what Quetzalcanon, Quetzalcoatl. I yeah, they they name. have they have very like sort of pseudo. Can I try to pronounce this name? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, you you do so well with the names in this series. Here we go. Quatsahinicon. Yeah. Quatsahinicon. Or I like to, I Roman in my notes, Quato. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we. Dak. This is. Start the, the reactor. This is the first. So they, they find this uh, sort of almost subterranean city. Right. But mm-hmm. it, instead of we being have- fully, instead of being fully underground, it's built into the cliffs that that peer down over the molten core of the planet. Yeah. Right. So it's it's an impossibly deep, impossibly, uh, you know, creepy ass cliff like valley hidden drop. civilization, right? Hidden civilization, and, and they. Um, Andrea kind of identifies it for what it is, but Dak is just kind of yeah. Andrea's along. like, oh, there's computers. Yeah. They, oh, there's like some computers, and like they they take shelter there, and they they collapse asleep, and when they wake up, they realize that some of these decorative, um, you know, jewels or whatever on the walls are actually living beings that are in little niches that come down off the walls and are are little little fucking nerd dudes walking around this dead city. I love it the sound- idea that they're just doing that subterfuge of pretending to be a mannequin when someone shows up in their house. Like they're in a wax museum pretending to be. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, they would do that. Yeah. Whether they really sleep up on the wall or whether they're just like, you know, keeping themselves still to pretend, you know. It's like, shut up, someone's coming. <laughs> yeah. Nobody coming. in this society No moves. one moves. <laughs> But yeah, they they end up speaking to to one of these. One of them deigns deigns to speak to them, and he introduces himself. And he what, says, what's his name? Tell say his name. Let me let me. I'm finding the Quetzalcoatl. No, not Quetzalcoatl. Um, Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. So Dak <laughs> say it. Dak identifies. Interestingly, they look like the Chadu, which is the animal that Aldrea became on their treetop. A romantic yeah, like a bonding flying moment. Squirrel kind yeah, of like, like a little dodo. It's like a little flying squirrel yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, "Oh, they're like chadus. They're like big chadus." And they talk. They have names and feelings, and they built this city. And one of them introduces themselves as Quatinicon, and he Quatsahinicon. says, "Quatinicon." Can we get like a silky, velvety Quatinicon? Quatinicon. 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 You just added like four syllables there. That's Quats a Hinnacon. Quats in the Kinnacon again. Quats in the Kinnacon. Yeah, he comes down and he introduces himself as pretty much just God. Hey, yeah. what's up? I made you. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh huh, you're a hork bajir. It's weird that you're down this far deep. Yeah, and you shouldn't be here. We put a wall up. It's Did like, you see the, f- the fog wall? Didn't you? Didn't it. you run into the fucking Jubba Jubba? Like what the fuck? Why am I paying that Jubba Jubba? You yeah. know. And, and it's, so, I don't think we need the finer details. We just need to kind of discuss what the Arn did. Yeah. What what, what do they do? What's their deal? Quetzalcoatl so Quats- is Quats- one of the Arn. Quats- he is, Quats- he is an Arn, and the Arn we come to discover. This is the big payoff for the double foreshadow we did. The Arn 
are the progenitors and designers and creators of all life on the Hortbegier world. Oh, shit. Nate, did you see this twist coming? Uh, no. <laughs> did you like it? <laughs> I was ambivalent about it. It's just like one of those things that like was brought up. I was like, huh. But like, I ultimately don't care. I care about the role in the story. What are they going to do next? Okay, we met God. Like it's it's another tool to say like how used the hork bajir are yeah because they, they were men. literally used yeah because exactly. like why did why did the arn create the hork bajir <laughs> because, because they could yeah they could they okay. needed the hork bajir to maintain the equilibrium of the planet's atmosphere would you say that they needed a slave labor force yes. to like develop the earth like the the planet's atmosphere so the they arn could live the arn would say very yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they're not up there harvesting that like bark. No, they're not keeping so, yeah. all the so gases. The, the Arn were the native species that gained sentience on this planet. They suffered from an asteroid strike, which is why the planet split open like a melon. That's why there's a cavern that goes all the way down to the core of the planet. Yeah, so they, like, they fucked off to the moon. They slept for a bit. They went back. They built some uh, creatures. It's like, it's like, hey, thanks. The Hork-Bajir returned a breathable atmosphere to this world with their tree tending. It, right. it's, um, it's, like, it's like us with like corgis, right? <laughs> or what's, what's a useful dog? What's a, there uh, are useful dogs. Yeah, like I mean, a like, Pete Buttigieg, like a uh, like a blood, <laughs> like a bloodhound. Like we bred bloodhounds for very. I mean, a, a bird dog, you know, a, a, yeah. a hunting yeah, dog. Like, exactly. So it's like imagine if one out of every ten million hunting dogs was a genius <laughs> <laughs> and could like walk up and talk to you. Here comes this beagle. Hey, uh, yeah. I'm I'm I just got consciousness. Uh, did you make us? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty yeah. fucked up. It's super fucked up, and the Arn. And the Arn, Arn brush that off. They just go like, yeah, we couldn't breed out one smart one every so often. So right. Yeah, it's, so, it's, so it's a happened, bug. It's a bug in the algorithm. Right. So what happened is that uh, Dak Hammy, like he was different. And the way the reason why he was different is because the Arn aren't very good at their job at making <laughs> hork Fucking rounding like, error. Dak yeah. Hammy exactly. is like, a fucking rounding error. Yeah. One in a million, you'll get you'll get a, a special seer right. who is just like a super smart, supposedly smarter than the Arn. Who can draw? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, draw. you gotta start somewhere. We all we all make <laughs> Thanksgiving turkeys with our hands when right. we're younger. It's fine. But like, <laughs> you know, like. The, like so, one in a million, you'll find uh, Hork Pajur that's smarter than the Arn, mm-hmm. and that is Dak Hammy. Yep. And um, so Dak Hammy's just like cool, whatever. I'm used to being used at this point. Yeah, they yeah. the Arn have got the Hork Pajur up there harvesting the trees, keeping the oxygen in balance. They create this fog wall full of monsters because they don't want to be bothered by their weirdo slaves that they've created. Right. Because that's what they are. They're slaves. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you don't want to talk or see or be known by the creatures you're creating, yeah, you're using those guys. Yeah. They, why did they put up the fog wall? To keep their slaves to, out. To keep their slaves out. They but also un- to, like, c- kind of not see what's going on. Either. Yeah, yeah. To right? not live. The Arn, like- the Arn are unrepentant, the Arn are aloof, and the Arn are disinterested in the affairs of the the petty mortals, yeah, right. which is why you can't see into jails or prisons, right? Okay, yeah. so would uh, so say like one prisoner has escaped mm-hmm. and is like now begging, hey, we're in trouble, please help us. Oops! What what did the Arn do? The Arn say you weren't supposed to get down here. I'm not <laughs> yeah. supposed to be hearing about your problems. <laughs> yeah, get out of my but, neighborhood. <laughs> but luckily, luckily there is. 
an intelligent species there to corroborate the story, and that is Aldrea. And yeah, she but says, like, not just corroborate, but also threaten. Like, uh, yeah, the thing is, like, the Arn aren't there to be swayed by arguments. Yeah. <laughs> right? Aldrea, the Arn are smart pussies. That's yeah. what they so are. Al- Aldrea says, look here, you little, like, chadu-looking fuck. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna that, pins- that is a good insult. Yeah. You chadu-looking little fuck. Get over here. Yeah. I'm a himbo hork pajur. <laughs> like, pushes him up against the locker. Is at least yeah. here, you little shit. Yeah. No, yeah. They, they bully this fucking little guy, and they say, hey, you're going to put everything that you have at our disposal... Because here's the Yurks coming, and if they enslave the top world, they're going to come down here to Father Deep for you, too. They're not yeah, afraid. Yeah, you of, better believe they're coming. They're not yeah, afraid of your boogeyman. Yeah. They're not afraid of your little, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors bullshit with your genetic monstrosities. They are going to come down here, and I guess you better see if your brain can fit a slug, fucker. Yeah, yeah, and their response is, "I'm gonna make my brain a bomb." Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. But like, that's the only argument that works with them is just like, yeah. "Okay, if you want to die for me, I guess I'll give you a gun." Yeah, <laughs> Here, have the monsters. Yeah, have go. monsters. Here's an army of monster slaves. For yeah, you. God, this is so. Yeah. The Arn are the real villains. The Arn yeah, are the, the Arn, villains. The Arn are the worst. I hate the Arn, and like they're 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 hateable. They're, they're in a position to, to help, and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> They don't but, without without coercion. Um, they don't help, and then when they try to outthink the problem, they end up slaves anyway. Yeah, when they're, they're tr- fucking Democrats. Yeah, <laughs> when they, they try have out- this superior power, you know what it is? It's like they're. It's like. So I have taken you hostage, Tyler, and you're like, I have found the ultimate way out, and then you shoot yourself. <laughs> That's the Arn. But it's like, it's like I found the best route of escape. Yeah. Is that if I get turned into a slave, I will explode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always free when I'm dead. So, and then, yeah, that, uh, that's the, what happens. The answer the, to that is like, okay, I'll just cut off your hands so you can't kill yourself, and now right? you're going to work yeah. for me. So so that's just, that. That's what happens yeah, later, the, is that... Uh, the they, the they, existence of the Arn, I think the Arn, like, it's it's kind of... Uh, it's a little ham-fisted from, like, a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's sort of the twist that is like, oh, it's the big reveal, but... Didn't need to be there. It's fine. The Arn also serves as kind of an interesting subversion, I would say, of the noble savage narrative that we were talking about because the Arn are the architects of the noble savage. So the Arn have these very hierarchical, bigoted views on the ranking of sentient beings. And so the Arn don't see a problem with the existence of noble savages. Right. Like, you could make the same argument that the U.S. is the Arn and all of our fucking Nikes and Beyonce clothes are being created by our imperialistic hork slaves in third world countries. Because that's what it is. We're farming all that shit out for shit. We're farming all that labor and pain out on people yeah, and giving but them next to nothing. That 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 that, uh, that uh, analogy makes me feel like uncomfortable though. Because yeah. I, that's why I was kind of hesitant to do it from the beginning cuz like we're not talking about alien species here. You know? Yeah. It's like we did not genetically engineer. Okay. We did not do that. Yeah, like but we do the same thing. We still farm out misery. We, well, and we tell ourselves that narrative sometimes, right? We tell ourselves the yeah. the narrative of like, oh, you know what? Like if we just sent like just one missionary to Africa and taught them how to code. right but (laughs) that that, like we have the we have the the emotional core of an arn 
Uh, yes, we we are cruel nerds, and, and we also we experimented on people as well. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm not trying to like say that you know we are not like fucking monsters, mm. but like the 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 whole like we're not that, Arn monsters. Like, well, I mean, just like the the whole analogy of like saying like, well, it makes me feel uncomfortable because that means we're calling people the Horkbajir. And and I don't like being put in that position where I'm calling anybody a Horkbajir no, because no. they're they are dumb. These Horkbajirs are fucking dumb. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they they talk in like me ha me ha ha ha. You know, and I get like there's an analogy here, but then it like it leads into like the the, the, yeah, I, it, it, the it, idea it, of like racism. You know, okay, like, it leads right. to racism. I see what you're right. saying. I, I, see what you're I saying. will own that. I did not mean to no, I call human other human beings dumb horkbajer. Yeah. I was merely pointing out that we're selfish and we hide our selfish nature yeah. from ourselves. And that's what that, I was gonna say. I think the important the important parallel here is that the Arn not only manipulate you know, things, everything in their sphere, but they do what they can to minimize or obscure how much they're pulling the strings. Yeah, it's an exaggeration, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But like with exaggerations, like it distorts the truth and yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. We can't exaggerations make that. and oversimplifications lead yeah. to yeah. dehumanization. Bad news. Yeah. I just, <laughs> sure. I just hate us so much. I, yeah, like <laughs> the ultimate thing is is to to recognize that all Americans are are, are uh, evil. I mean, yeah. we are. Well, not necessarily evil. We benefit from an evil system. We do. That that's the that's and the real on, message. Honestly, yes, we do benefit from it, but we also are able to live within it and try to change it and affect it at whatever small human to human level we can. Is there any more, any if we caveat? push that idea that oh you're just you're evil by birth, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, there is. There there are so many footnotes that any uh, uh, person living in America has to add to any conversation that they have about any other country. Yes. Like, yeah, and like it, it it becomes just like what what was the novel that was created entirely in footnotes. Infinite Jest. Infinite yeah. Jest. I mean, there's, like, there's, uh, a, there's uh, a few. House of Leaves, also. House of hard Leaves to... and also Pale Fire yeah. by Nabokov. It, it, becomes, it becomes impossible to have any conversation. And so, it's... Like, we'll give ourselves an out here and, and go to the next chapter. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I want to talk about how shitty we are. We didn't even get to Tuskegee. <laughs> we we, we uh, know this. Come on. This whole podcast is we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry, the podcast. Look. look. Here at Animorphin Time, we want to say two things. One, we're sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> uh, all yeah, cops are yurks. All cops are fucking yurks. All right. So, um, but so yeah, the so Arns are fucking pricks. The they're, they're, they're pricks, pricks, but they give monsters, so that's they, cool. They supply an army of monsters. And, and so uh, they go up get, to the surface, and they, they, well, they're ready to th- fart with monsters. Before that, we get an interesting little diversion from Esplin who talks about, once again, drunk on power, addicted to power, talks about the joy that he finds in uh, in subverting Hork-Bajir culture and basically how he's he's taking candy from babies and getting his rocks off to it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's a total nasty freak, and we love him, don't we, folks? Yeah, he's uh, absolutely... He, he's currently occupying a one Fat Masher. <laughs> <laughs> Nate was like, we have to talk about Fat Masher. It's the best name, Fat Masher. He just kept saying Fat Masher. It's like... Fat the, Masher. I love Fat Masher. That's the one name he gets right is Fat Masher. <laughs> Drew, say Fat Masher. Fat Masher. <laughs> Fat Masher. <laughs> I fucking love Fat Masher. The host body I'd taken was named Fat Masher. His friends had seen him taken into a fighter. They had seen him being dragged away by Geds. 
And yet when I reappeared among them, very few questions were asked. I simply said, I am back. And the hork would say, yes, you are back. <laughs> I'm not painting. I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> These poor, gentle, sweet These monsters. Poor, gentle, sweet yeah. monsters just absolutely unable to conceptualize, you know, A to B. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they don't know that their friend is different right now. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, the love es- Esplan ends this chapter by having a, uh, you know, a fucking horny daydream about taking over Aldrea's body. Yeah, it's totally creepy horny too. It's super creepy horny. He's like, um, he's like, oh, that andalite tail blade. Yeah, Ooh. yes, Some- there was something beautiful in that small, delicate, dangerous creature. Yeah. Someday I would tell her how I'd felt at this awful moment. Someday I would live inside her head and I would tell her that I had admired her on this day. Someday, when she was my host, it's a fetish. Yeah, a fetish. I mean it yeah. like fetish. in the literal clinical sense. It's a fetish. No, fetish. yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. He's he fetishizes andalites in every waking possible moment by every metric. And uh, anything y'all fetish fetishize like that? I try not to. I do sometimes, but I, try I was not just to. gonna say a healthy, loving relationship. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't boundaries think... with another person. <laughs> Uh, I, I fetishize open and sincere communication. There it is. And big old titties. Ah! <laughs> 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 no, I was gonna say I was gonna say fat thick thighs. Ooh. Thick Damn. Crush my head between them, baby. Oh my god, crush my head like a blueberry. <laughs> or like a watermelon, I, I, you know. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> the sound of a watermelon crushing trunk. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, Esplin's a horny little bitch. He died bitch. how he lived, es- drowning in pussy. Yeah, like, <laughs> Esplin is totally horned es- up. Esplin's a horned up, dumb little incel weeaboo. Ugh. Um, Ugh. And yeah, and then we get then we get the the freak genetic army, and uh, yeah. Ald- Aldrea describes how she and Dakhammy both get brain chips implanted by the Arn that lets to- them. Telepathically to be controlled. yerks. <laughs> to be yeah. yerks. Yeah. To be yerks. It's, it's a cool image. Like, I like the idea of controlling an army of monsters. That seems fun. Um, but ultimately, like, it, it doesn't serve much in the plot, except, like, here's a fun battle sequence, right? Yeah, it sets up a battle sequence, and it, it also demonstrates the extent and the breadth to which the Arn had just, like, twisted life to their purposes, yeah. right? Right. Every, it- every creature is a genetic monstrosity created by the Arn, for seemingly no other purpose than terrifying the sentient creatures yep. that they had set to guard their planet. And we get to see sort of the breaking bonds between Dak and Aldrea in this when Aldrea's loving, controlling her new army, and she mm. looks over at Dak, and it goes, he gave me a look I'd seen more and more often from him, a look of sullen anger, resentment. That was to be expected. I understood. He resisted turning to violence. That just meant he was a decent creature but he would come to see the necessity of fighting. He would see I was correct. When the Yerks were destroyed and his people were free once more, he would see. Uh, no. <laughs> you're watching someone turn into a jaded killer in front of you. That yeah. doesn't mean you're right. She's desperate for a weapon, though. Like, that's, that's the thing, is that, like, at this point, her, her rage is still outweighing her love and, like, understanding of the Herc-Bajur. 
Sure. I mean, this is the nature of rage, though, is that you give into it long enough, you don't see the effect it's having on the world around you. Sure. And you see that as just supporting your rage, I suppose. I don't know. I'm never mad. I'm perfect. <laughs> see, this episode is the one where you're horny and I'm perfect. Why am I horny? You're the one who said you wanted big old titties. I think I think that was also tongue-in-cheek. I think, if anything, I've been horny, but that I'm never horny. So <laughs> Listen, uh... gentlemen, gentlemen, we're all horny. <laughs> please, 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 please. Committee, committee. Back it. We got to put... We'll put... New business. We're horny. horny. Okay, let me just write this down. We are horny. <laughs> <laughs> Motion carries, but... I'm still thinking that hork with your himbo, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I love the hork with your himbo. That's that's a that's a one in a million. That is a seer level idea right there. Yep. Um, and Drew came up with it. Yep. The HBH <laughs> comes. The HBH hork with your himbo. Um, and yeah. And, and think, so we. Oh yeah. So, so we 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 get a little standoff here between uh, the two armies. They fight it out. We get a direct mono v mono with uh, Andrea and Esplin, which I was excited to see this fight. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, so the Yurks have cut down the Navi life tree. Oh, yeah. yeah correct. That, that stuff isn't important, though. Like, is it they've, important? Well, they've, they've completely... Burnt, de- they've desecrated it. They've yeah, burned they've, away the bark, and they've turned it into a Yurk pool. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... Not the world tree, but... Ah, uh, shit. There's a fight there. They blow up the Yurk tree. And Andrea... This is, and this is the moment where the other hork are radicalized to yeah, guerrilla warfare. Yeah, Dak's like, do as I do. Kill who I kill. Eat who well, I eat. Importantly, Dak is not the one to say it. Aldrea is the yeah. one to yeah. say it. Aldrea tells all of the the by the the bystanders, the lookers on, she says, This is your seer. He sees differently than you. Do as Dak Hemi does. <laughs> right. The laundering of guilt here is fantastic because yeah. this is like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I do, do what you do with uh, my my boyfriend does. Just do what he does. <laughs> and like she knows full well that like if the hork, like if the the Yurks start attacking Andrea, like Dak's gonna come defend her. Mm-hmm. Like it's that she's using his love directly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And exactly. So, like and he, yeah, he not, recognizes not just for power, that. but also just for like you know not feeling any sort of emotions to turning this entire race of peaceful people to attack somebody. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, and and he explicitly acknowledges like, he's aware of her manipulation. He still he still feels himself compelled to go along with it. Yeah, he's like, I guess I have to free my people. Yeah, the heart yeah. wants what the heart wants. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, real real quick, I just want to take a a classical and- literature diversion nerd moment. Um, you talked about how the driving force behind Aldrea is rage, and I think that rage is a really interesting focus to to make the subject of a, a children's chapter book um, because I think rage is probably one of the crowning thematic elements in just like what we think of as like the Western canon or like, you know, Western culture or whatever, mm-hmm. going back to literally Achilles and the very first line of the Iliad is, ah, my ankle hurts. <laughs> yes. Well, My name is Homer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm Homer. Call me Homer. <laughs> We're so bad at this. I'm one guy. My name is Homer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first line in the Iliad is record scratch. <laughs> Oh, 
exactly, exactly. But the real first line is, sing, goddess, sing of the rage of Achilles. And so, like, rage is there from sentence one. Rage is here for Aldrea. And it's like, it's one of the most powerful feelings you can have. We talked about how the power of domination was addicting to Esplin. Mm -hmm. The power of rage is arguably more addicting to Aldrea to where she leans into all of her most manipulative, her most toxic, her most um, exploitative aspects. Well, I mean, it's two things, right? It's all consuming one and Mm -hmm. two, it's purpose. What more could we want from an urge? But I I like like the application of addiction because it's not that she enjoys any of this. I don't think Andrea loves like the, the idea uh, of part blo- of her does. It's all she wanted was to fight. Yeah, but it's not like, but it's not out of joy. It's not out of like her gaining any sort of enjoyment or benefit from it. It is a compulsion. She needs this. Yeah, I, th- I think right? I see, and I think I think that I think that's a a pretty correct assessment, especially in contrast with Esplin, who is her foil. Esplin in this loves story. this. Esplin, Esplin loves, loves it. it. Aldria doesn't love it, but her compulsion is even stronger than Esplin's. So it's mm-hmm. it the you would almost say that like the joy diminishes his ability to be as effective as he can be. Well, because yeah, he, he revels in it. Yeah, she, it's why Vesta 3 always fucks up. <laughs> it's that like I got these analytes now. Let me just put you in this cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like suck that my uh, own tail off with my foot pussy. <laughs> a, and, and a pussy? Is it yeah. a pussy? I think it's pussy. a pussy. Yeah. Pussy. Fussy. No. <laughs> no, because anytime I have a patient that comes in and says, my baby's fussy, I'm just going to think of <laughs> oh, candlelight foot pussy. Oh, and no. Yeah, it's too late You're... now. Sorry. Too yeah, late. I've built that into existence. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's, you can't unsee that. <laughs> but yeah, that's why she... Man, that blue bitch got the tightest fussy I'd unseen. <laughs> what voice was that? Uh, voice... Like everyone we went to school with? <laughs> yeah, I think that's David Cross on the boat okay. when they get lost to sea. Before I die, oh, I'm going to fuck me a fish. <laughs> Yeah, before I die, I'm gonna fuck me a fish. Before I die, I'm gonna fuck me an antelope. <laughs> oh my god, I would. Yeah, but it, that's not the point. The point is that Esplin lost his fight. And you're probably right mm-hmm. because Esplin was like reveling in the power and the joy of it all. And, right. and Andrea yeah. was just like, die. Yeah, grim <laughs> determination to kill mm-hmm. and to get her mission done. And she, and she does send an email home. Yeah, she sends an yeah. email home. She turns into a jubba jubba. She she does the just the one punch man. You know, yeah. she does yeah. the, she does the anime shit. Yeah, yeah, punch and, him uh, in the sky and he turns into like a little sparkle. And that's and, then, and that's uh, the most okay. ironic. The weeb gets killed by anime. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, the andalite lover gets owned by an andalite. Yep. You know, he was he was, and I think I don't know what page or chapter it is, but I think he realizes that he was blinded by his own respect of the andalites to mm-hmm. not yeah. to not even like be able to like he he felt like he was even going easy on her a little bit because he didn't want to harm her um and i, I wonder if that's like that's a, a thing that he never gets over right why do the andalite bandits always get away Mm. Oh, why is that? Mm. I mean, because they have to, but also, well, but, but come on, is, I know. But this is this is <laughs> give also, me give me a break. It's a it's a good narrative device. Like, yeah, he always underestimates I, them because he loves them because he loves them because he he re- 
like he he wants to he like revel in the pe- he wants to be stronger than them, not beat them. Right, <laughs> right. He yeah. always wants a, the opportunity to outsmart them, not necessarily. And like he needs them to them know out. how much smarter he is than them. Yeah, that's why he does it. Hubris. That's his shit. Yeah, for He's sure. Smoking that hubris. Yeah. So so let's Love keep going. We got, we got plenty of book left. So after yeah. that, seven months pass, and in those seven months, the Yurks have built blade ships. Yeah, they've built. Dracon beams. The Horkbridger mm-hmm. love killing now. Yeah, they love they're, it. They're winnowed down to a guerrilla army of like 40 dudes. Who hardened, hardened killers each. Yeah. yeah monsters. Just it's, absolute monsters. It's like the, it's a, the, the, the troop from uh, Commando. Not Commando. Um, Predator. Right. It's yeah. Like the whole group sure. of people from Predator, they love killing. They're making jokes about it. Like they're they're they have scars all over the place. Jeez, you've yeah. got a big pussy. It's... Jeez, you've got a big pussy. Yeah, they're making jokes. <laughs> And it's and like, like oh, it's yeah, even sadder too because like the Hork Bajir almost like you think of you think of like gallows humor. Gallows humor in like warfare is a coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Like people who are in war zones are not able to cope with the horror of taking lives. Right. And it's of, like if yeah. but, but a Hork a Hork Bajir doesn't have that sense of mind. And so like when a Hork Bajir becomes an avowed killer, it still has that st- that sheen of innocence to it where it's like they they're patting themselves on the back. Basically. It's like, I am such a good killer. I stomp on so many yurks. And like her husband is like patting her on the back and it's like, she does stomp those yurks, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's even it's and Dak and Dak realizes how, how sad and how like just absolutely hopeless that is because his people have shifted their frame of reference to violence, mm-hmm. but don't have the the capacity to sense of how how damaging the violence is to them. It, there's nothing sadder than a guard dog, right? Like it, when you yeah. teach a dog. What to, about a guard dog with cancer? <laughs> then, then, God damn. No, because it, it's going to die now, sooner. I'm crying. <laughs> But like you know what I mean though like is like yeah. you you teach something that is innocent like if a dog kills somebody you don't blame the dog ever because it doesn't have any capacity for like yeah it just is just doing what it's it, yeah, told it's acting on instinct it's acting on instinct well not it's acting on instinct and training and right. training and, that, yeah. and that's like what mm-hmm. these Harkbazur are set on now it's like they're they're acting on training now they've been trained to kill by Dak <laughs> and Aldrea and Aldrea. And, and and they don't see anything wrong with it because they don't have. I was about to say they have no sense of morality, and that's kind of true. They, they don't know why, like how, how they don't know why killing is bad, right? That's how dumb the Horkbajir are in this universe. Is that they, they don't know why killing's bad. They, they just know like he sleep forever now. Yeah. Don't draw a picture of me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and, and like it, that's why it's so tragic is because like they don't know the horrors they are committing. Ugh. Yeah. This shit's hard. No good. But <laughs> however, hurting my soul. Dak Hammy's uh, friend, what's his name? Jagiel. Jagiel. Jagiel has a cool girlfriend. In <laughs> Delph. 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 And Delph had Jewel. Delph yeah. had Jewel, and they're like going on like a murder fucking spree right now. Look, we're yeah. all poisoned online brand. Let's call her Belle Delphine. I don't know what that is. Yeah, sure. Drew, I know what know that is. About? Okay. I, I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jagiel and his cool his cool hip girlfriend Belle Delphine. Um, <laughs> this is go, for like nobody stomp, else. This they go stomping some else. yurks. Yeah. They stomp yurks. They sell bathwater. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, is this gamer girl bathwater? Yeah. This is gamer yeah. girl bathwater. Okay. I, I got there yeah. now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So. 
yeah, they, they're a hardened force, and then finally, against all odds, the fucking Andalites show up. And, and it's the best and also worst reason why it took so long. Why did it take so long? You talk about books subverting expectations. This is one of the better ones. When Aloran shows up and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, we got your message, but we thought you were just some dumb bitch. Like, that's it. He's like, you're a girl. We don't listen to girls. Yeah. I wonder like, how many tragedies have been caused by similar sort of like. I mean, there's got to be a bunch. Like plenty. Yeah. Of just like some guy in power, just like I don't know. I thought you were an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That is the most. Like I said, it's satisfying and horrifying. And but it's also measures. the most realistic thing in this book. Yes. Of like somebody just writing somebody off because like I don't know. You're a dumb girl. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like get out of here, broad. Have right, y'all like, uh, yeah. have y'all watched Bridgerton? No, on Netflix. Okay, I have not. Bridgerton is Netflix's horny take on Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, it's a like and a ten, zombies. Whoa! It's, it's, like, it's like a ten episode series, just like horny, like will they, won't they, like you know, fucking Victorian romance. But one of the sequences is like the main character is like writing to some general. Mm-hmm. Try and find out the whereabouts of like her gal pal's like soldier boyfriend, and the wife of the general is like, "Wait, why do you think that he would read your letter? You're a woman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly this. what it is. Yeah, I, it's, and the thing is, like, it's not a thing I think about as a guy because, like, why would I? Like, it, yeah. it, it's it's something that like rarely penetrates my day-to-day life except in like conversations like this when I'm actively thinking about it right because you're a guy who rarely penetrates anyway oh. that's true oh. that, 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 that is true you, you got me <laughs> the point I was trying to make but like shit all over <laughs> was that it, like it's hard to remind yourself of these things but it's important right but, it is yeah. and I have no doubt that the girls or feminine identifying people reading this book picked up on that immediately and we're like hell yeah absolutely this is a nice representation of just overt sexism and how overt fucking ridiculous and yeah the, the ridiculous and like the the real impact that it yeah. has on yeah. just like you underestimated me you fool right like what what have you done like you have lost so much for us with your uh and, and now you know, your, your inattention yeah and Aloran definitely gets some uh, uh, consequences from his higher ups of mm-hmm. not listening. Uh, they, they're like, hey, they, they demote him. They they send him to prison. Actually, no, nothing happens. To no, Aloran. no, nothing happens. In, <laughs> nothing fact, in fact, he kills a bunch of innocent hork bajur. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, he he sets up a base uh, in the with the Arn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like sets up a little outpost. There's a couple skirmishes that aren't important. Yeah. Um, but like ultimately, like, yeah, this war's been going on for seven months. And uh, the relationship between Dak and Andrea has deepened mm-hmm. to an extent, but like it's strained but not, because it's still strained. It hasn't necessarily gotten any better. There's no amelioration yet between them. No. It's deepened by chronological exposure. Right. Yeah, <laughs> anyone and who's been a part of that relationship, where it's just like I've just spent time with you. I wouldn't say our relationship has gone stronger, but we've just <laughs> been here. <laughs> yeah, all, all of our relationships. <laughs> yeah, uh, not uh, to mention and, the uh, crucible of battle and life and death right. struggle. <laughs> Yeah, also that. <laughs> and, Damn, I just love washing her blood off me. <laughs> right. Mm. Jesus. But, like, ultimately, Dak does not trust Andrea, but, like, there, there is still chemistry going on there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, th- there's a secret door in this base yep. um, that Andalites are going in and out of that um, Dak needs to know what's going on in there. 
Um, Andrea is kind of still trusting of the Andalites. So like, mm-hmm. no, they're here to help. Yeah, Don't... they're going to save us, you idiot. Exactly. Yeah. But like Dak is insistent, like we need to find out what's in that door. Yeah, Dak has sort of figured out that Andalites are not what they seem or what they present. Well, because he's seen that, right? Like there's a reason why they're a small guerrilla force, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because and... ultimately the Andalites have not accepted them into their ranks yeah and they even yeah. talk down to dak when they talk to him yeah it's like, like oh you're supposed to be the smart one <laughs> you fucking yeah. dumbass and yeah. and dak has like admittedly like a kind of a dumb like logic bomb moment with eloran <laughs> right yeah he's like well i happen to know for a fact there are 42 bases on this planet where they're farming nickel and unobtainium and uranium <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah it's like okay whatever White phosphorus uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like you're not going to debate Aloran out of him liking, yeah, uh, thinking, yeah. like looking down on you. Yeah, the superior no, these, position will never be defeated by debate. No, these the Andalites think of you as dogs. Right, yeah. you're you're fundamentally never going to be equals. So that's why he doesn't trust them. Yeah, and uh, and, and so this is also an interesting moment. This is a moment where Aldrea decides that she wants to try and regain Dak's trust. Mm-hmm. And so she she goes, she meets with Aloran uh, in secret alone. And Aloran, fucking dumb asshole that he is, is not aware of how morphing technology works. Right. So yeah. Aldrea sort of tricks him with her feminine wiles, mm-hmm. takes a hold of his hand, and steals his DNA with her morphing ability. <laughs> Yeah, he gets and, a little woozy, and then like he's like, oh, then, nothing happened. <laughs> and then she tells that to Dak, and she says, you want to know what's behind that door? Let me let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to become Aloran. And Dak is like, what the fuck? That's so risky. Surely he knew what you were doing. And she's like, he has no idea. He doesn't know how this shit works. Yeah, he's stupid. In fact, yeah. let me show you how easy it is. And she takes a hold of Delph Hajul's hand, and she says... Right now, Delph Hajul is just feeling so calm and so relaxed, and that's what happens when you take someone's DNA. And so, oh, I mean, yeah, that anyone takes my DNA, I'm calm and relaxed. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> he just lays there for ten seconds, and then I've that, got his DNA. That DNA transfer. <laughs> it's How a, did it's it a... take this long to make that? <laughs> To be fair, we haven't talked about it in quite these terms yet, but that's that's the magic of the DNA transfer, baby. <laughs> Dax is like, I, you know, it turns out I yeah. like watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I sucked off Aloran. Now I'm going to spit his cum at these end of the cars. Oh, They're going to get grossed out and run away. <laughs> kind of what happens. I mean, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> there's no difference between that and what happens. So yeah. anyway, Aldrea becomes Aloran. And it's funny because she's like, I felt barely anything becoming a male andalite because it was just yeah. like such a minor change except they're um, like a bit more lumpy yeah yeah she's like a bit more i felt a little less coordinated yeah i got <laughs> and, a bigger tail and i'm awkward and, and i'm clumsy and awkward yeah and they go yep. into the door and what do they find in the door but a biological weapons facility created between the arn and the andalites to house, yellow cake to house they found a, the yellow cake <laughs> they found the yellow cake in the form of the quantum virus U-118. And Aldrea explains that a quantum virus attacks a specific genetic target. For a moment, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Because the computer would answer. The computer would tell the truth. And I couldn't hear the truth. Ask it, Dak snapped. Computer, what species is virus Q-118 designed to attack? Pork Bajir. 
You know what? You know why they call it Q118? Because uh, that was the year it was discovered. It was discovered in, in uh, 1918. So uh, it's uh, actually late cold, <laughs> early <laughs> warm. Yeah, it's really it's it's a quantum flu. Where really, like you know, it's fine. It's just the flu. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, it's actually no worse than a hork, but you're cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh. <laughs> So they Mil- tell the com- millions die from Q one seventeen every year. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it's it's not a big deal. God. Uh, so they're working on just double double your mask. The quantum virus won't hate you. Yeah, <laughs> or you wear two masks? You'll be fine. <laughs> you could wear three masks for even more prevention. <laughs> Picture in Horkwajur, they've all got the masks with their nose out. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like Me go eat their, in now. The bottom of their beak, you know? Yeah. Me great. go Applebee's. Some of them wearing, no, Horkwajur, wearing no. the plastic visor. It's like, me safe. Horkwajur, no, that's not how it works. Uh, you simple Horkwajur, I know you're hungry. Um, but yes, they discovered that, oops, bioweapon... Yeah, yeah. Oops, it's time to, for a genocide. Yeah, Oops, we remember it's time the, for a genocide bomb. <laughs> we remember the quantum virus from another episode. Yeah, uh, the time egg. Yeah, the time egg episode. Well, they're talking about this quantum virus. That's, yeah, that's this one. It's bad news. It kills instantly, yeah. and I guess can just like be contained in a single Coke can that is spit out by this. Uh, computer. Pretty much. Yeah. Or like I always imagined it as sort of like a bionicle canister. Yeah. 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 It's just like it, it contains the ooze. Yeah, the it's secret of the ooze. The Ivan ooze canister, exactly. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I just watched that again. That movie was, it rules. I should watch it again. That movie's so dope. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to Anna Morphing Time. Yeah. You know, like halfway through the series, we should transform into a, a more <laughs> a Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers podcast. <laughs> like around like let's, book book 25. Let's, we'll slowly transition to talking about Power here's Rangers. Here's what we'll do. One of the bad, bad books... We won't even talk about it. We'll just talk about the Green Ranger saga. <laughs> so they all find of a sudden, the- there's an attack on the hidden city on the cliffside. Yeah. So the the, the Yerks found out that there's a Arn city because, like, of course they found out. Of course it's they like, did. It's, they it's did, not hidden. They did scans of the whole fucking planet. Right. Yeah. Like fucking, you know, Dak just wandered into it one day. Of course they're gonna find it. Uh, so the newly constructed blade ship. The blade uh, ship. The blade ship's fucking. Dope. Yeah, like because I'm so glad that a uh, certain Chris Grind illustrated what the blade ship. Yeah, it's just a flying axe. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty dope. Yeah, so this flying axe flies down in, into this the canyon and starts blasting the Arn every which way. Arn and they've vis- enslaved the Arn. Yeah, well, Arn viscera going everywhere. Yeah. It's it's great. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but this blade ship is coming by, and so um. Andrea, doing what she knows best, um, she she decides to go fight the Yerks carrying a can of quantum virus. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like what she jumps onto the blade ship. To, yeah. Like yeah. to punch she, it. She like, does what, like what's a her plan? she does a fucking Tom Cruise move onto the blade ship. Yeah. Um, there's just... like this this epic maneuver where she just runs and jumps onto a ship, uh, yeah. and Dak follows her. Yeah. She's like she's like, do you trust me? Jump now and then yeah. land on the blade ship. Very like Aladdin. A, Aladdin moment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, like, I never thought about it. Like, I guess the Horkbridger are good jumpers. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are just jumpers. Remember yeah. that from Community? I guess. <laughs> a place free from darkness. And some are just natural jumpers. Uh, <laughs> just, 
the trampoline episode. It's yeah. very good. Just natural jumpers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they jump onto the ship. Esplin shows up, knocks Aldrea over, tries to crawl in her brain, gets halfway, and he's like, oh, this feels great. I love this. I love this. I get to come. For the first time, I get to come. He was uh, so close. Uh, uh, but and, much like the blade then, ship, the edge was too sharp. Yeah. And was cock, not able. Cock blocked. He's like, all like a second too late, let me find the uh, a movement. Another hork bajir. But who? My own host body! Time seems to stand frozen as I realized the depths of my mistake. My former host body was no longer under control. No! I cried silently. No! My host body, free now, drew back one arm and brought it down on the neck of one of my guards. My warrior dropped like a stone. The other warrior spun around but too slow, too clumsy. My former host dispatched him. And then, as I struggled helplessly to finish, (laughs) taking control of the Andalite and get safely inside her head, I felt a hand close around my lower body. I was being pulled out! No! No! And so he just... I too hate pulling out. (laughs) We all hate pulling out, and it's it's really a, a goober moment when it happens. Yeah, teens listening out there, do drugs, don't pull out. Also, drugs. watch out watch out for uh, like when you leave your body. Yeah. Uh, make sure that it's a cool dude and not yeah. just going to like wreck shit. Yeah, your bud, not somebody who's going to hate you. Yeah. So, yeah. I never thought about that, but of course, yeah. Like that, that's, a, that's a rookie move. That's Bush A, re- a real there. rookie move here from yeah. Esplan 9466 to uh, not have his host body restrained when mm-hmm. he's right. transferring from A to B. And, and uh, it does not work out for him. No. It doesn't work out for any of them. Well, I mean, he escapes. Esplin somehow manages to not be I mean, damaged. Yeah. He always escapes. Our boy always. Yep. You he can't escapes. keep him down. He, um... so, so what happens to, after this series of events where uh, Esplin is pulled out? Uh, <laughs> one of the hork opens the quantum virus. Yeah, so they... <laughs> Just they, immediately. There's sort of like, a blur. What's in this? <laughs> there's a blur of motion. There's a blur of mov- movement. Suddenly... Aldrea and Dak are back above the mist. They're like out in the open. Aldrea, importantly, is past the time limit. She is now a Hork Bajir Nothlet. Yep. And she but, but is, like that that was kinda on purpose at this point, right? It was like, on she purpose. She chose to do she it. Chose she chose to, to become a Hork Bajir because she chose finally, we've been talking about it, we've been building up to it, but she chose to finally set aside her rage. She chose the trust and she the chose love. aside, yeah. She's like, damn, this guy does everything for me, and I'm not going to take that for granted any longer. Yeah, but yeah and she then, saw how shitty the Andalites were. Yeah, and Dak is lucky to like. <laughs> Andrew's lucky that Dak is such a cool dude, by the <laughs> sure, way. Sure, sure. No, like, yeah, she come on. Out. Like, he's she been dreaming out. like shit this entire time. <laughs> but and yeah, so. Goff 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 a lot. Yeah. Opens up the canister. <laughs> Okay, so Gaffalot. Let's talk comes, about Gaffalot for a second. Comes swinging through the trees, the fucking, the fucking martyr of the movement, Gaffalot. Yeah. Like he, he swings up, he's like, "Hey guys, look what I found!" And hey then, like, you guys! <laughs> and then just like opens it up in front of him. Woo! He's <laughs> like, "Who wants a hit of goo?" <laughs> so here's the thing: if I ever get reincarnated, I want to be Gaffalot. I want to just—if there's ever a doomsday device, I want to be fucking right in that shit. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and so, yeah, at, at long last, the b- despite all their heartbreak, all their their blood, sweat, and tears, they couldn't prevent 
this, which is the half genocide, half enslavement of the Hork-Bajir homeworld. And the Andalites do what they do best and bone out and leave. Yeah. They get the fuck out. They run away. Tails tucked between their spindly deer legs. Yeah. How, how do um, uh, uh, Dak and Andrea leave the planet? They don't. They don't. They die there. They die there. They they know that there are other valleys and other trees they can escape to, but they have no illusions about their their ultimate fates. Yeah, ultimately, COVID-19 is going to get them, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. The quantum, quantum virus. The, the quantum, quantum virus. Hey, Q118. Quantum virus of, is going to get them. One of us here had COVID, the, the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2. I'm pure of heart. I will never get the quantum I virus. I am COVID strong. I am a COVID survivor. <laughs> I don't think this is very funny. <laughs> do we have do we have those like rubber live strong bracelets yet for for Corona strong? We're gonna oh, get them. I said a... that the other night at work, and everyone just looked at me like I was crazy. And it's like that's oh, what's like, gonna be. No, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, because... that's the, that's gonna be the marketing. Yeah, Who? you're you're all heroes. You're Yo, hero. You want to be blasted with my antibodies? I've been I'll... telling people my antibodies are better than theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are natural. <laughs> <laughs> this vaccine altered my DNA. Uh, so, so yeah, like, so I guess like we, we they're, come they're, back to Tobias. Yeah, we come back to Tobias. Tobias is like, oh shit. Like, so, so what happened, uh, to, to all the characters that we talked about? It's like, well, uh, Esplin, uh, he escaped and he became a, a little guy known as Visser three. Wow. And Tobias is like, and that's oh, the shit. rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And, and like. Uh, th- that's kind of how it ends. It's just like on this dour note of like, yeah, everyone kind of died. Uh, Alaran yeah. got uh, possessed by Visser Three, and uh, there you go. Um, but thanks for our free life here. Um, but but I have luckily, father, father, find a, found a way to reproduce with Aldrea in a Horkbajir's body. I guess. Oh um, uh, well, yeah, he found a way, <laughs> yeah, and uh, life finds a way. And so yeah, so Jarahami and Ket Halpak broke free of the of the Yurk enslavement. With the with the thanks to uh, the Elemist, <laughs> they uh, made a Hork-Bajir colony for the free Hork-Bajir. and they've been fucking ever since. Yeah. <laughs> they've been fucking. Ever they've since. been they've been so busy, like and well, you know, they have this daughter that is also very different. Mm-hmm. No, like is different, and uh, they're like, yeah, we we think he's a she's a seer, uh, so we decided to name her Toby. Toby Hammy after Tobias. After and Tobias is like, I, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> Tobias is like, wow, thank you so much. I'm a teenager in a hawk's body, so I can't really emotionally process this. But yeah, I hope you guys keep on keeping on. It's touching, uh, and I'm scared. Hey, man, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, thanks so much for the story. Toby, good luck. Yeah. Have fun, little one. I, I, I got to go. I can morph into your mom if she dies. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean... That's what I remember from those books. Yeah. Stories have no end. And my namesake, Toby Hammy, the descendant of a brave Andalite girl and a hork seer, was going to write the next chapter. Amen. Amen. A nice and, little ending. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little ending yeah. to it's like a, nice a fucking depressing war-ridden book. Did you like this book, man? I love this book. This book was great. Would yeah. you say this is in top five? I would say it's... Probably close to one. I feel like it's the strongest plot book they've had, mm-hmm. right? Because normally, like, it's a lot of like character studies. Like, my my second favorite book is still probably the Tobias book, mm-hmm. the first Tobias book. Um, but but this one, like, I I think 
the message it was trying to convey was a message about the world, not a message about um, Aldrea inter- interpersonal Dre- character arcs and feelings, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, Andrea had a character arc. Uh, Dak had kind of a character arc, but it's really more uh, uh, overall story about what war and what violence does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not and, for no reason, I called this the Citizen Kane of the Animorphs series. Yeah. What, what's the rosebud? Mm, the skidoo. <laughs> the the chadoo. The, 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 the chadoo. Yeah. yeah. The chadoo. Oh, no. The it's bud. like, Dak Hamid died. What was his last word? Quetzalcanon. Quetzalcanon. Wait, no. Quetzalcanon. again. But it. I think now that you Whoa. say that, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting too, right? Like I now that you've said that the Chadu is Rosebud, it kind of has me thinking like, oh god, it is because that's oh, what yeah. the most fun. Yeah, the Chadu is is the symbol of her innocence, connecting with Zach for the first time in his world by mm-hmm. his rules. Yeah, but also the Chadu is just the diminutive, like genetic soup based on the Arn themselves. Yeah, like, the, I think for me, it is also, like, n- nature doesn't have war. Like, yeah, you have, like, the things that we ascribe, like, oh, yes, uh, red ants go to war with black ants, black ants in nature, yeah. or, like, ba- baboon troops go to war against other baboon troops. It's, it's not war. It's not the way it's that not, we do war. Yeah. It's, it's not, not white phosphorus and depleted uranium. It's not. Nature doesn't do this shit, because it it's something that we have acquired with our powerful brains. <laughs> Right, is like we're smart enough to fucking kill ourselves in horrendous ways. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and, the moral and, of this book. And think that we're doing good by it. Yeah, all in the name of like defense, really. I mean, shit. Like it, it, it's you know, like why does Andrea have this this? Uh, well, I guess Andrea's case is different because Andrea is more about vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't get vengeance. It's because I'm a lazy coward. Uh, so it's hard. Well to me- established in this podcast. Yeah. So it's hard to me to kind of relate to Andrea in that way. Um, but like for Dak, you know, D- Dak's relationship to 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 violence is very much like defensive. He he kind of did what he thought he had to do to save his girl. And that's what started all of these wars. You know, like, yes, the, the, the Yerk were coming. That was also a defensive maneuver, but like... Hey! <laughs> you, you familiar with the performance of defensive maneuvers there, Nate? They're, they're coming and they're going, and sometimes you just gotta <laughs> jump onto that edge of the blade chip and just keep on edging. Hell yeah. I... Whoa. <laughs> See, it's you gotta pull in, you gotta I'm, pull out, and you gotta I'm, watch out. I'm kind of the opposite, because, like, I think, I think Aldrea... Is the more interesting character compared to Dak? I think Dak is the better person, but I like Aldrea better than Dak. And well, I Al- think, Aldrea has an arc, right? And I think I think it's sort of the opposite as well, though, because I I do strongly relate to vengeance because I think that vengeance Who hurt you. Who hurt you? <laughs> no, like not Who even not you? even not even personally. Well, I like. I, I see that there's a list of names in your background. Do you want to comment on that? Some of them are that? crossed out. Most of them are crossed out. <laughs> wait, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> Everything on my walls is art. Um, but hey, like, he calls it art. <laughs> <laughs> no, like vengeance. Vengeance, I think, is like a very like vengeance and anger. I think is like a very interesting and compelling thematic core to a work because I view it as being like very thematically pure. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about sure. how sort of like um, you know the the rage of 
Aldrea versus the the sort of revelry of Esplin. Esplin's feelings were not as pure as Aldrea, and that's part of why he lost. And so the the rage and the vengeance makes Aldrea very, very compelling to me. And I just think that that's like a, that's a dynamic and that's a um, a thematic arc that I think is is really interesting and and valuable. Why do you think Esplin's uh, feelings aren't as pure as Andrea's? Because I, I think I, I have an idea for this, but yeah, that's that's a great question. I think it's I think it's partially because it's rooted in a fundamental sense of conflicted identity, and so I think that. We, and we talked about it from basically the first time Esplin came up. He has no core, no anchor, no foundation for culture or identity or personality. He has no interest in relating to the other Yerks around him. And so everything that he is and everything that he does is in something that he himself is not. And so there's this conflict between the internal and the external. And the conflict leads to... In, in inability to sort of follow through, if you will. He, yeah, I, he doesn't understand himself. Yeah. I, I think when it comes down to it, like, you know, he, there's such ad- admiration for his enemy that mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why he's trying to stop the Andalites. Like, yeah. Why stop them? He, he loves the Andalites, really. Yeah. Um, whereas Andrea, like, only has hatred for the Yerks. He, she only has hatred for most things, to be honest. I, I don't think she, she's yeah. a, that person that... My like, brother Barefin's a shithead. She yeah. video games. My like, dad's, I a, sh- my be a, dad's a shithead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like She's never had a kind word to say about anything except for Dak. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was kind of begrudgingly. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I like how he <laughs> yeah. kills. Right, uh, but like... Uh, she understands this about herself. She, she's in no doubt uh, like uh, of like who she is as a person, whereas I think... Yeah. If we talk about Visser Three, like Visser Three, um, is confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, he wants and, to become an Andalite and he can't. And not if only they, is not only is Visser Three confused, but Aloran is confused. And yeah, the, the combination of Esplin the Yerk in Aloran's body is it's an amplifying factor, or it, it multiplies itself. And so both of their insecurities lead to Visser Three being an entity who is fundamentally unstable and fundamentally fractious. And yeah. I'm prone a, to an, an addictive personality has just been introduced to a very strong drug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. that's, that's why Visser 3 is compelling. Like, a lot of people complain about Visser 3 being ineffectual or, you know, he could have killed them this many times. It's like, well, that's not the point of Visser 3. Visser mm-hmm. 3's point is that he is someone who loves to kill. He gets off on it but he doesn't understand that his getting off on it is what makes him fuck up. Like, the act of killing isn't what he likes. He likes yeah. the torture. He likes the control. Yeah, he, he likes, likes the power. Yeah, he likes the laughing. He likes the power. He likes. He's mm-hmm. evil and loving it. That's what, right. Yeah. If he was, like, cold and murderous, then... He'd be Aloran. He'd be Aloran. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's why him existing in Aloran's body, Aloran as, a, as an Andalite warrior cannot bear to admit the true nature of what the Andalites are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aloran is a bureaucratic murderer. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Visser Three is evil, but like, like revels in it. And yeah. like the revelry just... Oh. And so his... Visser... Uh, Esplin's knowledge of Andalites and respect and love for Andalites compounded with Aloran's 
experience as an Andalite and sort of obfuscating the inherent evil of Andalite, you know, war ideology. It's, it's sort of a, uh, it's a, <laughs> I, I forgot what I was going to say. Shit. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a very, a very tense interaction between volatile elements. Cause mm-hmm. Esplin is like, I see everything that you are and I love the shit out of it. And Alarin is like, I'm denying the true nature of Andalites because to acknowledge what Andalites are would be to acknowledge shame. And so Alaran can't, Alaran as a warrior can't admit to shame and dishonor. But Esplin says everything the Andalites do is dishonorable and that's what makes them so great. And mm-hmm. so these, these conflicting elements make Visser three incredibly neurotic and incredibly uh, at odds internally. What a great fucking kid's book, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Remember the Jabba Jabba? <laughs> Jabba Jabba. Jabba Jabba. Yeah, I love that Jabba Jabba. <laughs> Man, so Drew, thank you for coming on Animorphin Time. What a fucking banger. Yeah. Hell yeah. This shit fucking rocked. It was a good book. Man, How speak, many, uh, speaking of the Jabba Jabba and some, some monstrosities from beyond the pale, you guys want a little animal facts before we go? Let's top it off with some yeah. animal facts. Animal facts. Animal Ooh. facts. Woo! Prince Jake and Cassie, Tobias and Axe, Rachel and Marco, the bandits are here. They want to listen to animal facts. Fuck all the yurts. Marco's mom is a bitch. So... My animal facts are inspired by the visual and physical appearance of the hork and I am going to tell y'all about the terror birds. Okay, I did not look this up. I don't know if Nate did. Uh, I'm terrified of birds. I have no idea. Like a parrot? Don't trust a parrot. Okay, so you think about a parrot, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if you had the curved beak of a parrot, Okay, but it was on a body... The size of an ostrich. Jesus. And with the muscles of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's a terror bird. That's I a don't... fucking terror bird. Okay. So and, but te- can it stop a gun? Jesus. Uh, you can try to shoot it, but you might just make it mad. You know. <laughs> that sounds you could, bad. You could, you could probably kill it, you know, with a like a, an elephant gun. You know, people kill elephants. You could kill this with a certain type of gun. But What if I fucked the terror bird? <laughs> You would be ripped to pieces in the best way possible. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> okay, where can I find this terror bird? I've never seen or heard of a terror bird. Un- unfortunately, they are extinct. Oh, no. Why? The, pre- the terror birds are a prehistoric <laughs> predatory type of animal. I see. So a dinosaur, what do I say? They're, they're sort of like dinosaurs, but they are birds. You, okay. If you saw them, you would call them a bird and not a lizard. Okay. Oh. They primarily existed in South America during the last, you know, sort of 10, 10 million years ago or so. Um, so they were, they were sort of prehistoric life. They were after sort of uh, the dinosaur age or whatever. Um, but yeah, they are fucking eight foot tall. Oh, like I just looked non- at the picture. This is yeah. horrifying. 
They are flightless. So whoa, if you, cool. If you've, if you've heard of like a cassowary or they're cocobos. They are like chocobos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cocobos. Say it right. No, cocobos. Cocobos. We're not relitigating this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like an eight foot tall bird that has a killer beak and giant talons on its feet, and it can run at like you know thirty five or forty miles an hour. See, I wouldn't even fuck with an ostrich. Like, so I feel like a terror oh, yeah. bird is a step too far. Like, yeah, ostriches, they were. Are, ostriches are terrifying. Have, have you yeah. like, got, have you been cl- up close to an ostrich? I have. Ostriches yeah. are the worst. Yeah, Ugh. they beat an Australian army. I don't know if you know that. I I am I'm aware of the the army versus ostrich uh, <laughs> encounter. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Ost- have to do some research. Ostriches on that. are yeah. fucked up. But yeah, <laughs> yeah like ostriches are mean. And, like, it's really interesting because the terror birds sort of reinforce that idea of, like, birds are just, like, what dinosaurs became. Mm-hmm. You know, so these these things are just, like, raptors, but instead of having lizard heads, they have fucking giant bird heads with beaks. So they're cute. And, and if no, you, not, not cute, though. Like, terrifying. And so if you see a hork you might notice the art has a, a very sharp, wicked beak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Much like a Tobias, one might say. Much like it's a bias. Bill, only for killing. Mm. Only for killing. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, a terror bird is not an innocent, gentle creature. They were carnivores. They were hunters. They did I not tend to the trees gently. They uh, went out onto the, you know, the fucking plains of Patagonia, Argentina, all that shit. And they hunted down, like, your fucking pack mammals and shit. They, they hunted big game. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, really, birds are cruel. Yeah. No, yeah. like... Chickens will eat mice whole. I don't know if we, we've mentioned this several times in the yeah. podcast, but uh, no, chickens, chickens are, are mean. I know you chickens meant it, W H O L E, but all I heard was mice hole. <laughs> dude, dude, Mickey likes eating that mice hole. Yeah, like uh, they, they were. Don't sue us, Disney. Don't sue us, Disney. <laughs> Cream boat Willie. Hey, I'm gonna come. <laughs> Maxie, your daddy does not have sex. Your daddy fucks. <laughs> I, I was gonna go somewhere else, but I kind of want to end on that. <laughs> All right, uh, you heard her fo- first, folks. Uh, Daddy Fox, this is Animorphin Time. It's Animorphin, <laughs> Animorphin Time. Tell the War people crimes. where you can find you, Drew. Oh <laughs> you my can God. find me on Twitter.com at Henri Lefevre. There it is. How do you how do you spell that? <laughs> that is A N R I F. No, fuck. How can I spell it? I, I need to. I, I'm sorry. I've had a whole bad bottle Twitter of, handle. I've had a whole bottle of wine at this point. Yo, we'll put it. We'll put it in the description. A N R I L E F E B V R E. Lefevre. Lefevre. Lefroven. Yes, Lefroven. Lefroven. Only Lefroven. And yeah, yeah. Shit. I I post a lot of you know bullshit pop culture memes, and I post a lot of OC. That's, that's what this is. That's yeah. what this podcast is. And I post uh, a lot of... Uh, I also love Orange County. <laughs> California. 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 I saw those guys in concert once, and that was literally the only song of theirs the audience knew. And it was sad. Pathetic. Much it like was us here at Animorphin Time, sad and pathetic. I'm sad Nate. Pathetic. This is Tyler. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, see you in the oranges of counties. Sweet dreams. Good night. California.
Holy shit, I'm gonna come!